I don't know where I am. You you want to be on the podcast? We need a new Jim. He's never on. All right. Yeah, that's it. That, I'll, I'll be the new Jim. <laughs> okay, I'm in. I'll sign you up. You have to wear tank tops. He works out every day. I'm, really, I'm cutting you guys off right now. I'm cutting you guys off right now from that. Oh shit. Nope. All right, nope. Out. Jim, what are you doing right now? Oh wait. So I was just on the. I was just on with me for a little bit ago. So. Where's what? Meatloaf? Meatloaf was supposed to be in this. Hey, by the way, we're live. We're live. We're on the air. Oh, hey. Welcome. Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and I am your host, the Outlaw LA Red. You can find me on Twitter at JustinArty75. You can find the entire show on the Twit Machine and across all social media these days at MMM Show 75. Thanks to Byron and his tireless efforts of okay, social so media presence and awareness. Before the border. What up? What's going on? At Byron Jim, Fever. Jim just called into the show, but what the hell are you doing? Um, so I'm in the middle of practicing for a beer pong tournament, an industry beer pong tournament next oh, week. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to come out and support Jim Skane Natamura in uh, Silver Lake next week at Busby's East, here. I will be Natamura. Oh, that's so trendy. And he will be. Uh, it's not. It's not Silver Lake. It's and Ron will be. It's Miracle Mile District. Yeah, whatever. Thank you. Good clarification. <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know Ron, Ron was the um, the honorary MMM show member on our special Lucha Adventure this year. So you'll see lots of amazing photos. But Ron picked bas basically the best day to join the MMM show of all time. Yeah. <laughs> he got in and he got out at the right time. Uh, Miracle Mile. Silver Lake is super trendy and hipster, but Miracle Mile is a great place to go if you want your car stolen. <laughs> Or if or if you just want to get shit stolen, you go to the temple and leave your windows down halfway hey, hey, hey. and leave a purse there. Don't talk about the hood that way. That's my hood, man. Yeah, give away all the secrets. You're gonna make your money there, stealing people's stuff out of their cars. All amazing things. Don't talk shit happen. about the hood, man. I mean, Byron was there when people got their shit stolen. So, and Meef is back on now. Hello. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, great. Now what is... Me, if you should have heard what Jim was saying about you earlier, I'm glad you're a little late. It would have been awkward. <laughs> I'm the only person who saw Jim maybe or maybe not make a shot on Pong, so... <laughs> <laughs> Meef, do the, do the British play beer Pong? <laughs> do you guys play with your booze really? over there? I think they call it Beirut, right? Face. Jesus Christ, me talking a mile a minute over here. Let us oh. let us talk. Byron, you have to understand, he's on another continent. It takes time for the signal to get there for him to hear the question and then respond. You have to be more patient. Talk over nice. this kid every fucking week on this show, man. You've been doing it for like a year solid now. He needs a faster translator app on his phone. He speaks English. He probably speaks it more correctly than we do. Uh, yeah, but he's... what's the setting for what's the setting of Google Translate for Cockney? He's not <laughs> Cockney. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I hate Cockneys. He's a bit more of a scouser. Oh my god! <laughs> that, that was, that was a quick response. Have we gotten this all wrong, Meef? 
Yeah, I'm from Yorkshire. Yorkshire pudding? What about Yorkshire? This is the best. Meath, have you seen King Ralph? <laughs> how, how true is King Ralph? Byron, every time his microphone finally yes, starts to get him through, you just jump all over what he's saying. How am I supposed to know if he's talking when I can't hear him? Oh, my God. He loves King Ralph, though. Me, anyway. have you had some spotted dick? He strikes me as more of a bangers and mash kind of guy. Well, yeah. Fish and chips, bangers and mash. All yes. right. A couple of 3,000 things have happened in wrestling, MMA, combat, amazing, sports since uh, the last time we did this thing. Last time we were here it was episode 100. And boy, was that a party. Um, yeah. Also, the last time we were here, our most popular episode ever was still Eric Van Wagnon. That is no longer the case. Our new number one episode of all time is our initial interview with Sonny Kiss. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Amazing. New talent. So coming you, in, taking things up. Thank you for Sonny for coming on the show multiple times. Yeah, twice yeah, now. Thank you. Sunny rules. Sunny had an awesome uh, vignette on uh, Lucha. Um, one of the past. That weeks. wasn't a vignette. That was. That wasn't a vignette. That was an. That was a a moment. A yeah. flash mm -hmm. dance moment. I mean, it was kind of like Taya's perfect woman promo. That wasn't really a vignette so much as it was just, you know, three minutes of awesomeness for Taya. It was kind of the same thing. Also, can we? Can we get Jack Evans on the show and ask him what was it what was it like to watch a uh, a montage in person? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you peek through the the cracks in the walls, you get to see a montage. Apparently, in the temple, the new ice temple does that. <laughs> Lots of stuff happens back there. I don't um, know. I wonder how Jack feels about Lucha Underground these days. I wonder if Jack would come and even talk about Lucha Underground or if he would, now that he's finally in civilization with like a computer and a phone and things, if he would just like totally no-sell it. Does anybody well, know what his state of mind and thinking about Lucha is? He's back teaming with Teddy Hart and AAA, so I'm on the Never Say Never board, uh, boat. But um, he seems like it didn't seem like he got a lot of in-ring stuff, but he seems to have a lot of really solid acting uh, scenes in Lucha Underground so far. Um, so I hope he sticks around. I hope he goes back on his Twitter retirement. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, last time I saw Jack in person at a Lucha Underground event, he seemed a little bit over it. <laughs> not going to lie. He was not... Uh, thrilled i mean he was still like happy with the locker room and to come and do his thing but i don't know he just seemed to be about triple a and lucha at the time and yeah know. well there was something um there's something to i mean what we sort of discussed off the record um or you know i don't want to do spoilers <laughs> so but you're gonna put it, it on the record now what are you talking so, about Wait, what are we, so what are here we go no, I mean, I'm not going to get into spoilers and stuff, but I will say that I heard in an interview that someone mentioned how there were talks uh, for in season four early on of extending, but they were still too late to actually plan and logistically do it. And so I think that played into perhaps um, 
the fact that he may have thought that he was going to get something that eventually is getting pushed to season five when, and most likely when they start filming again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that was the case for a few people. Yeah. Um, that that it, there were more grand plans for season four than were allowed by the time and budget, uh, especially. Yeah. So, and so it's so with that point, I think, you know, how a lot of people soured on Lucha when it's like, oh, we're going to start in a year. Oh, we're going to start in six months. We're starting this October and it doesn't happen until March and people start souring on it. Uh, but I think it came back and people loved it again. And I think that there's potential. Um, I think there's potential for Jack to be presented with something that he's interested in and then he does it. Hey, look, if we're talking about heat right now that people have, we got to yeah. talk about the heat between Meefloaf and Jim. Um, That's true. After that, after that photograph of, of Jim Skay pushing up on, on Meefloaf's favorite, the wolf. Hey, listen, that's not my fault. I'm sorry. First of all, I'm sorry. First first that of all. Go ahead. Explain yourself, Jim. Let Jim explain himself first. By uh, I mean, it's his so reputation. I, I took someone to their very first wrestling match, and it just so happened that uh, Chris Wolf was there. This is bar wrestling, the first one they've ever done in actual LA instead of uh, Baldwin Park. And uh, oh, Vinny's here now. Post. Keep now. going. He's wait, right, wait, what's going on? There's a ghost on right now, guys. What happened? Is Joey Ryan on? <laughs> Jimmy's trying to deflect right now because he keeps chatting up women at uh, Lucha shows who belong to other people like Chris bar Wolf wrestling. who belongs bar wrestling. to Meatloaf. Bar wrestling? Yeah, bar wrestling. I don't even know what I said. Oh, yeah, it's just like uh, bar wrestling. I don't yeah, even know just like how uh, uh, Evil East belongs to Byron. Oh my God! <laughs> exactly. No comment. Vinny, were you in the locker room when Vanilla Ice <laughs> yes. sold Byron down yes. the river to Evil East? Yes. Oh my God, that was wow. I feel so bad because I looked right at him and his face just turned completely <laughs> red. He looked like man. He wanted to like run away so fast. And Evil East was like, "Which one's Byron? Which one's like looking around? Which one's was Byron?" And I was just I like, "Oh man, this is so good." I still don't think she even like recognized that I was in the room. I, even if you were in the room, she she just didn't know who you were because she was just like, yeah, uh, my buddy, you know, and just pointed to like everybody, and everyone's like kind of started smiling. And but I think she figured it out because you were the one that was the bright, the the <laughs> brightest and reddest. So I think she knew it was you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to believe that that's true also. For, for those who didn't hear that story when it happened, um, Vanilla Ice was kind of in the locker room that, that day, the second day of the taping room. And, uh, and uh, he basically he just flat out told the entire locker room that Byron had a crush on his release, and that was his favorite. And Pretty that was much. why he, he came to the whole show. And, uh, right. Byron pooped himself a little bit. I mean, what are you going to do when Rob goes up your spot? I mean, it would have been... It would have been... I don't. I mean, I was never acknowledged as a human being, so it went like you know any other situation like that. It felt pretty normal. Who's giving us echo feedback? Is that you, Vinny? Let me check. All right, is it go away? It's Vinny. Vinny, you're giving us echoes. How are you giving us echoes? I have no idea. I'm on headphones. What the hell am I doing? Weird. 
Or is it better now, guys? Oh, Angie oh, says she was there for, for that match. Um, so here I want to talk, talk about. about. Damn, Vinny, you can are. Can we? Can we? Can we do a, a quick? Uh, is it me? Oh, I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm trying to adjust this. I don't know. Justin's the gatekeeper. You would know. You would know. What do I know? Like whose feedback? Like who's now? It's Vinny. It's Vinny. Okay. So to recap, basically, Meatloaf has exclaimed his adoration for Chris Wolf, who then took a picture with Jim at a non-lucha show at a bar in Los Angeles, apparently for the first time, which upsets Meatloaf. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's really mad. Uh, this other thing happened that it maybe embarrassed me. We don't have to get into that. And I think we're caught up. Should we very quickly pay tribute to a few people today that passed away? Yeah, let's go for it. So I personally only really know of two of them, Nikolai Volkov and Brian Christopher. Um. I don't know the third one, unfortunately. I know it's. Um, there was four. There was four actually. There's actually another one. It was um, uh, Trevor Lee's dad Brown. passed away. Brown. Uh, oh, no, yeah, that's right. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, that's right. Trevor Lee's uh, dad. Three uh, in one day. That's crazy. And, four. And Trevor four. Lee's dad Trevor passed Lee's away too. Passed away too. Yeah, it's from. So what were the circumstances right. behind these? I, I, I've been out of the loop. And Vinny, hey, just wave at me if you want to talk. You want to have your mic down. Brian Christopher was a sad story. Um, he had been in jail for a few weeks, and um, and then he hung himself. It was, it's sad. It's very unfortunate. Oh no! Seriously? Yeah. For real? Yeah. Horrible. He had uh, been struggling for a long time. For a long time. It's very unfortunate. Very um, unfortunate. Uh, he, uh, he uh, you know, through struggles, he's always, always he had always been like a really great, really um, great um, act on TV. Act really on put TV, a lot of really smiles on people's faces, people's kids' faces, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's it's sad. You know, yeah. I mean, he was definitely one of those uh, good, time good time wrestlers, and I mean, his gimmick certainly helped with that too. But you know, it's kind of a dying breed and a dying art form nowadays too to just have those. Those, those characters that just get a pop every time and make a mile and, and people are just people simply just happy because they're there and they're there performing in the ring and he was definitely one of those yeah yeah and then um nikolai volkov was he well insert insert 15 minute uh casey awesome story about nikolai volkov here i'm sure casey would be the the guy with the to regale us in, in old school tales but um it's casey's birthday um we decided to not have him on the show that was the nicest thing we could do for casey so happy yeah. birthday casey wait so does that mean we can put where is casey shrink back up on yeah oh yeah maybe maybe now is the time speaking of which, uh, were they ever? Vinny, you got one of these shirts coming, brother. I just need to get a mailing address for you. Everybody who was a part of episode 100 is going to get one of these. It's probably one of my favorite shirts that we've ever um, Love it. I got a couple of them in the mail. I got a pile of them sitting here for all the talent that was on the show that day. I've got an extra small for Vinny sitting right over there with a spaghetti stain on it already. <laughs> 
Uh, is there pineapple yeah. wine? Boys, extra wine. We got to talk about this, Vinny. I'm going to turn your mic back up here and, and yeah. let you explain yeah. to me. First of all, First of uh, all, I think I might be the first person in the crowd to get a crucial uh, spoken uh, word cameo. cameo. And it had happened maybe. to be me telling Vinny to get the fuck out of here or something. I feel so bad about it. But I feel like it was a more than, you know, any kind of insult to Vinny. But Vinny, what happened? Why Why the fuck did you get on Antonio's bad side? What happened, bro? You know what? I'm not too really sure. Um... That's a very good question, actually. I don't, I don't even know um, what I and what in fact I did, but uh, whatever the hell I did, I think, I mean, there's obviously I wasn't the only one, so I guess that makes me feel a little better. Yeah, but this was, I mean, yeah, this, was this was a serious I mean, big deal, man. There, big this deal, was man. all, this was kind of viral. Kind of like, viral. Like, look, we've seen a lot of people die. The, the disciples die. are all the dead. Are the crew's all dead. dead. The crew's all they dead. killed off uh, Mr. Pectacular, which yeah. was, I yeah. think, a, a good move in the fact that he was from the outside and got the crowd kind of behind this whole Matanza sacrificing people thing. I think people really popped for it. But, but Justin, um, you're forgetting an important Justin, detail. You're forgetting an important detail. That? No one else got no a pineapple pizza. Yes, that's it. I mean, you're talking about the level of disdain that Papa Cueto, I'm sorry, El Jefe Antonio Cueto, who says he doesn't like to be called Papa. Um, the level of disdain that he had to have for Vinny to bring him a pineapple pizza and then send Matanza out. That's just rude. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, if I don't know if you ever guys ever seen uh, uh, like old mobster movies like The Godfather or anything. You know when uh, when someone's about to die, they, they send them like a, you know, like a live fish? You know, well... And, you know, to me, him giving me the pineapple pizza was like that. That was a sign that, you know, we, me and him are at war. So obviously something something happened in the back. Maybe maybe because I kept calling him Papa Cueto. I wish he would have told me that he doesn't like that. But I will say this. And uh, you know this because you guys are all big fans of Lucha Underground. You know, to me, Lucha Underground is like Game of Thrones. Unless you see, like, the dead body, like on the like on tv like you actually see him dead i don't believe that anybody's dead you know what i mean it's like anybody who knows what's gonna happen like i have no idea uh what is happening in the future but you know everyone's telling everyone's you know saying oh i'm a ghost and i'm dead who knows where the hell i'm at actually you know what i mean you never know with the with you know the writers got up their sleeves in the lucha underground universe what, what's gonna happen this is true, and, and I've heard rumors that, that there may be some things, but I don't know. They're not confirmed rumors, but I have heard talk that there could be something that happens down the line, um, which would be awesome. Or maybe they just give you another gimmick. That would be incredible to see uh, Vinny come back as like some ancient Aztec warrior luchador and just work total high spot lucha libre for a while. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. <laughs> Man, I, you know what? It's it's so funny because, like, mm. you guys are you guys are way too smart. Like, uh, I wouldn't. It would have to be like a really good uh, outfit because as soon as I come out, everyone's just gonna be like, oh, "Hey, what's up? What's up, Vinny?" I'm like, "Oh, Jesus Christ." Well, Vinny, I just saw um, Santino Morella on Impact without his gimmick, and he is a noted Canadian who played a goofy Italian on TV, right? Could you come back as a goofy Canadian? Are you, are you saying that I'm a goofy Italian? 
No, I'm saying <laughs> his, what he was doing was he was doing like a, you know, he would do a right. video but you just, he but, obviously yeah, but you just take his pants. So you could turn it around and make fun of Canadians. Okay, well, I do have a snake. I do have a snake in my pants, so that's, I mean, that's a little close, so. That's spicy meatball. Spicy meatball. That's there's two spicy meatballs and 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 a snake. So, thank you, Meef. Appreciate that. Well, maybe you could join the reptile tribe. I, you know what? It's not that's that'd be kind of weird to explain. I mean, I don't know if we can. I don't know what rating we got the Lucha Underground. I think we're like PG thirteen going on. I don't know because we're swearing this season. I don't know if we can do a rated R one. Well, maybe. Um, you know, I thought for sure, you know, my first phone call was to call up a friend of yours, a, a certain panda, because I thought he might have something to say about this and come in and just wreck shop on everybody. You know, maybe that's I'm getting tired of I'm, I'm getting tired of everyone like calling saying, you know, I, I freaking I hate that guy. That panda is a piece of crap. Like uh, he just all he do all he does is just makes me want to like run errands for him, and, like because he's from Japan, so obviously he he still believes in like that old school you know mentality of like having a young boy, and so like I'm his young boy, but I'm like dude, I'm like I'm not young. It's like you know stop calling me a young boy, but whatever. I hate that guy. I wish I wish he really just, have really that have much baggage, baggage, to baggage to carry. Yeah, he well him is a piece of crap. I hate that guy. Does he make you chop down you up the street? No, that's a koala bear. I fucked that up. Wow. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go and tell him you said that. I'm you still thinking about evil East there, Look at you, you're all bright red. What? Redder than a hat. Look at you, look at your face, you're bright red there, Byron. You're still thinking about Evil Least probably. That moment is bringing you back. No, that color that color is red. This is my oh, face. Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm this sunburned because I work in the sun all the time. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just your face because you don't sleep that much. That's right. I forget. I don't sleep that much. I don't sleep that much. Yeah, that's been true. We haven't done we this haven't show done in a couple of weeks because we've been so damn busy. Yeah. Um, oh, um, dude, Vinny, I just uh, I shot a scene with the Headbangers. Do you know those guys? Oh, nice. Uh, I mean, I've never met them, but I, you know, I do, yeah. I do know who they are. I, I remember when they first came out, they were the Flying Nuns. Yeah. 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 They, but uh, uh, hey, uh, real quick, yeah. <laughs> real up? quick before I forget, before I forget, because I wanted to mention that uh, I know you guys were talking about uh, Brian Christopher and um, um, Nikolai Volkov, but then also Brickhouse Brown, who was an old old uh, wrestler from uh, you know maybe in the, like seventies and eighties, and then uh, also Trevor Lee's dad passed away, and he was uh, one of the people that started Omega Wrestling with Matt Hardy. So there was like four today, which is which is a little much. I think we need a break. Yeah. That was a, that was just a, it was like a rough day today. But anyways, yeah. you can go ahead. Let's you know continue. Uh, oh, with everything. Uh, 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 what was that? We lost. Uh, we lost right at the um, Palace Guys since we last filmed. Oh yeah. Oh, did we? Oh wow. It was last week, last right? Week, right? Man, it's been too many. Too many. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just so, unfortunate. so unfortunate. It's a tough it's business tough too, and people too, don't people, uh, uh, people don't realize don't it sometimes. Realize it sometimes but, but you know, and, and things happen, and, and things happen, you know, and, you know, preferably to see guys go see guys late go in their their lives and have had great careers and be fondly remembered. I mean, Brian was a bit too young to 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 check out, but right, it is what it is, and 
you know, may they all, know, rest, may in they all rest in peace. So, so um, um, Vinny, I, Vinny, I have a couple I, I have of other questions, other questions for you because, because as many times as you've been on the show, and Vinny was our very, very first uh, guest um, on this show. I don't think I was a tra- I was a trendsetter. Tell us how the fuck you got into wrestling in the first damn place. Like, how the fuck did this journey begin for you? Oh wow! Well, it's a. Uh, I mean, when I first see, I was born in uh, in Sicily, and for some weird reason, in Sicily, uh, they showed the Tiger Mask cartoon. It's very it was very popular back then, and then after the Tiger Mask cartoon, they would show the uh, they would show New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, so then, for some, you know, I I remember being like you know three years old in Sicily and watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and I loved it, and, you know, first fell in love with it. But, you know, fast forward, came over here. I kind of stopped watching it because of all, you know, just wasn't getting into too much of WWE. You know, WCW didn't like it. And then, uh, uh, you know, around the high school, I started, uh, uh, you know, there was, I think my buddy started, uh, uh, found out just randomly through, like, uh, news groups or chat rooms that uh, there was this thing called ECW. And there was just, you know, crazy guys. Just, you know, I remember watching Tommy Dreamer uh, give uh, Raven the chair shot in the cage. We're just watching it. And then, you know, obviously when you go and search, because we couldn't watch it on TV, you have to search it through the internet and like news groups and tape trading. And then we started finding out that there's like this thing called indie wrestling. Because, you know, who knew, who knew there was indie wrestling, right? I mean, unless you watch... You know, like you're in the know, and you know nowadays, every, you know everyone knows it. But back then, you kind of didn't really know it. And uh, lo and behold, I found out there was a, a, a indie wrestling promotion, uh, like 20 minutes from where I lived, and that was All Pro Wrestling. And I went to their show, and then they did a, they had like, a, you know, for a training school. Which to me sounded insane. Like, how would you become a re- like? There's a school to be a wrestler. It doesn't sound right, but you know. So I, uh, I, I went and looked at it and watched it and decided to join. You know, uh, the guys, the promoter Roland Alexander said that you had to be uh, 18 to join. I lied because I was 16 and I started training. And the rest is history, I guess you would say. Well, it's a it's well, a pretty, it's pretty good it's history. Pretty good. I mean, and, and hopefully you yeah, didn't, lie, be, and, uh, hopefully you didn't have your first and, uh, match against New Jack and get all cut up. Because that's not a good uh, thing. It was, uh, no, it was, it was, it was, it was close. I wrestled uh, Vic Grimes, uh, or I'm sorry, I was, uh, I was uh, my very first match. I was tag team with Vic Grimes, uh, so it was, it was kind of close. It wasn't that far fetched. Uh, I was uh, my very first gimmick when I first started wrestling. I was one of the Grimes brothers. It was me. Uh, uh, you know, it was, I was Dick Grimes, and uh, my brother was Vic Grimes, and we were the Grimes brothers. That's my very first. That was my very <laughs> first actually, gimmick. Amazing! I need to see I some tapes of that. I don't think I've ever it's, witnessed that. Yeah, it's we, we used to do some crazy shit. Like we used to bring, uh, like remember one time we brought uh, a car, we drove it up to the ring, and uh, we we were used to like you know do moves all off the cars, and that was and then like. This was way before Austin did it, you know, with a truck. So, I mean, you know, we, we used to do some crazy stuff, do like barbed wire around tables, you know, stuff that, you know, nowadays it's like, oh, you know, everything, you know, people are doing it. But back then, you know, in 97, 98, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was crazy back then, but 
Well, see, and this is part well, of what, see, I like too, of what I like too, because you're a guy that, that strikes me as you know somebody who I would believe is hard nosed, kind of hardcore wrestler. Yet, you know, even on this lucha underground, the comedy spots that you're doing, the fucking gassing out, running the ropes thing, is got to be the most I have ever laughed in the temple for a comedy spot. Even more than some of Joey Ryan shit and Jack shit, I lose it. Like, was who came up with that fucking spot? Uh, I, you know what? I'm gonna. It, of course, the genius that is DJ. Of course, Chris, Chris Joseph. He's, it's a freaking genius, man. It's, you know, he's always, he always. I think the thing with with DJ is that he realizes, like, you know, he he sees like my Twitter thing about the pizza, and he sees that I'm a funny guy, you know, on Twitter. So he's like, you know what? Let's let's. That's how he really is. So let's bring that out. You know, I think that's why DJ is, is so smart is because he doesn't like try to like, okay, well, you know, you're, you know, you're this kind of wrestler, but I'm going to make you this kind of wrestler instead. You know, he, you know, he sees the kind of personality that, you know, that I am. And, you know, he like, he literally says, you know, goes, the, the shit that you say on Twitter is hilarious. It's like, well, you know what, let's bring that out. And he did, and it obviously it worked out. Cause obviously, you know what I mean. It's first season, yeah. I was getting yeah. my I was getting my ass kicked, but it didn't. I didn't get as much as a reaction as I did. What you know, ten seconds of battle of the battle of the Aztec warfare. So I mean, it obviously it worked. It worked out. You know, he's that's why. He gets, you know, he brings he brings out the, the strengths. You know what I mean? Yeah. He did uh, he one, did, of uh, one of the last times he was speaking to us. Um, um, I don't think he's speaking he's to us No, no, anymore. he's speaking to me he's just fine. I talk to oh. DJ all the time, Byron. He oh. just hates you. It's just... Oh. <laughs> oh. I just... No. I mean, I could have okay. done without that clarification. I mean, it's just... It's you. Does he talk to you, Meef? Does he talk to you, Meef? He called me. He called me in the morning. Oh, you too? Oh, you too? Oh, okay. Maybe it's just you two guys, but no one else. But no one else. Um, no, he's, he talks but like last you. time uh, DJ time spoke to us, he was oh, no, he talking about. Well, he, he, talk, he, 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 he followed Jim. He talks to everyone, actually. Oh, he followed Jim. Oh, he followed Jim. Yeah. I thought he wasn't he following, he wasn't any, following of any of us. No, no, he's nope. he, he followed he followed the he followed the panda too. That's weird. Oh, Jim's here. Yeah, Jim even managed to chime in during his beer pong. It's just it's just you, Byron. Just like look, he even let Vinny other people. He even let Vinny get in the most offense against Matanza that anyone has this season. Oh, so he likes you too, Vinny, but. Yeah, it's just you. It's actually we, we we've had dinners talking about how much he doesn't like you. But anyways, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just oh, gonna, was gonna say, say um, uh, that one of the last times he was on, he spoke highly of you and, and your and your Twitter game and all that. So he definitely knows about it. But he he took as a fellow, um, I think he's Italian or he pretends to be Italian because he likes to eat pizza. He he took issue with how generous your pizza ratings were. Yeah, I I remember he mentioned that I was a little too nice. But you know, and I and I told him, you know, when you know when I when he mentioned it, I uh, I told him I was like, listen, half the time when everyone posts the pizza is I'm either like dieting or really really hungry. So of course everything looks good unless it's like you know something really bad. Because I mean you know I I I get a cheap meal like once every uh, two weekends or you know two weeks. So it's once. I, I see you guys post that pizza, man. I'm I'm getting hungry, and I'm like, it's the greatest pizza I've ever seen in my life because I'm hungry and I want to eat it. And it's the way it is. Yeah, and I can yeah, see and where that would be the exact opposite case for DJ. I mean, that maybe this is the reason why he doesn't like you. You know, this is the reason why he doesn't talk to you. Clearly, 
not even here to defend himself, and you're gonna throw Good some Lord. shit out at him. Gonna, I hope he's listening to this. He's gonna. <laughs> he play. He plays in Italian. Yeah, I don't. Wow. No wonder why he hates you. Oh my goodness! I just my feelings are hurt, and I'm and I'm sensitive. You're you're lashing out. I see. I, I can I can see it. That's that's Nothing terrible. Uh, uh, um, um, no, I think no, DJ is great. He's, he's just fun to just to, fun poke to poke at. Yeah. Hey, uh, Vinny. Some of our uh, listeners may not know this, but you were on the Howard Stern show once, right? Ooh. I sure was. I sure was. As a matter of fact, look it up. How was that? I said, what, was, what the hell was that about? Oh, uh, well, because uh, I'm a, a humongous Howard Stern uh, uh, fan, like just the biggest Howard Stern fan. So the well, when right when he got married, uh, there was a, a you know everyone was talking about how uh, his wife is so beautiful, but he's so ugly, you know. So and like be actually like on, I think TMZ or like entertainment that said that it was the most like mismatched couple ever so he decided to have a contest for a ugly guy and a hot wife so i sent my pictures in because i have a hell because i have an extremely hot wife and they chose me and they flew me out to the show paid me uh got to meet howard stern got to meet my hero ari lang and uh you know i lost because they said i was i was too beautiful so you know yeah, this is the best case scenario, best case scenario. yeah yo yeah. and and you're you're not you're not technically ugliest dude there so no no it was was, win-win right i I was i felt like i I lost i lost but i was actually won because like he would he they kept saying how good looking i was like they compared me to uh 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 what did they compare me to compare me to to, um sean penn and uh and i was like thank you i appreciate this 100 percent so uh yeah and but they gave me some uh second what is a third price money so i was uh I was happy, but to me, honestly, any you know, to me, anything to me, Howard Stern, because I love the guy. He's like my friend. It's my all-time favorite. I mean, and Artie Lang was there, so I mean, obviously, yeah, Artie yeah. is the man. And and, and they put and, your lady over, which is awesome. Over, which and, is and then Grado and stole, then your Grado stole your whole gimmick. Stole your gimmick. Oh, an impact? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think there's a. I think there's actually, if if you guys uh, know, uh, if you guys have ever met a bunch of pro wrestlers. Uh, and if any seen a lot of their wives, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that gimmick being stolen in, in pro wrestling. Actually, <laughs> you might be <laughs> right. I, I'm a I, huge I'm fan of Katarina, and I was I was very happy when she got in that gimmick just because she's fucking going for it. But you gotta have somebody. You gotta have somebody that knows how to play that gimmick, right, Beef? I mean, it's not. You can't just jump into that gimmick and stay. It's the hot chick with the, you know, the guy. She's gotta go for it and make the gimmick work. So far, she's doing it. I love it. Thank you, Meef. Appreciate um, that. Yeah, Meef concurs. Yeah, Meef concurs. <laughs> I've actually got a question for Vinny. Yes. Did he? Did Meef. you ever get to tag or wrestle Martina the Moth? Yes. That's it. Just, the, yes. What was the question? Yes. Awesome. What was the question? What was the question? What was, question? What was the question? Though? Did you get to wrestle with the session? Oh no, no, I did not. I did not. I did not get to. I did not get to wrestle with the session moth. Me. Oh. I didn't hear. I'm sorry. No, it's. No, it's I didn't. And I did not get to wrestle the session moth. Have you wrestled this wrestler? Have you wrestled this, this, is, my no, this of a is my person. Have you wrestled this guy? Have you wrestled, have you wrestled this, wow. this, this wrestler? Hey, no one. What, no wonder why nobody likes you, Byron. You're just fucking clowning everyone. Jesus. No, I'm just. 
First of all, I'm not, first of all, I'm not, not the one who's showing up here with a pedo stash, Meatloaf. Wow. Oh my God. I don't know. Have you been? Have you been in HQ trivia? Byron Turk is a menace. Unbelievable. This whole thing. Well, just, what if you, well, what what if like, there's some people to saying bad things about me on that game? There's <laughs> things about you everywhere, Byron. Uh, but this is Vinny's time. Vinny's let's focus on this. Not about me. Let's not put oh, no. you over Come on, guys. Vinny, we got a question in the chat room from someone with a username Lucha Underground for some reason. What was the worst Vinny ever? That would be Mil Machetes. Now ask a question. Well, it's just weird because his name is Lucha Underground. Oh, they asked the question already. It's Mil Machetes. I already did. What was the worst bump Vinny ever took? Oh man, the worst bump I ever took. Yikes. Uh, probably has to be, like in Lucha Underground, probably has to be the Pentagon driver uh, on the pizza. No, I'm sorry, I take it back. That was pretty bad, but that the Brian Cage choke slammed on the on the floor. That was ridiculous. I don't know why I still. I I I'm an idiot for that one. That was that was that was that one hurt a lot. Uh, but yeah. uh, of all yeah. of all time, I think it probably has to be the when I got choke slammed from the top of the car through the hood of the car. That one hurt a lot. And then I also did some stupid shit at XPW. Well, so, who didn't do stupid yeah. shit? Yeah. At XPW? Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah, that definitely. Oh my God, I was dumb. I just I, I took a uh, a bump through a bed of nails. Uh, that did not feel good. Uh, barbed wire. Uh, yeah, just you know, I I was the hardcore wrestler for years back then, and I was doing I was taking barbed wire bumps and light tubes and thumbtacks. So yeah. I mean, I still do it every now and then, but not as, I mean, back then I was just doing like every single time. Like one time I, I, I missed a moonsault onto a, a, a bed of a barbed wire and thumbtacks and that felt like, like that did not feel good on my face. That was honestly the best thing about XPW, though, because it was a lot of you younger guys that were coming up who had seen ECW, except instead of doing what ECW was doing, which is like they'd have one ridiculous match a night or show, it was like every match was trying to do three times as much as any of the worst ECW. Right. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. And like every time I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do it. And then Vic, Vic Grimes yeah. would be like, man, you got to do it. I'm like, thanks, buddy. Thanks, thanks, older brother. <laughs> you're supposed to be you're supposed to be the voice of reason. Oh, man, you should do it. You should totally do it. I'm like, all right, cool. Thanks, man. <laughs> so. Oh, I love it. What a, oh, what it. a crazy what business. Crazy. What a crazy business. So, Vinny, what do you got going on now? You got any other shows coming up? Anything coming up soon? Coming up soon? Yeah, I mean, I got some, I got some uh, uh, shows coming up, local area. Uh, ho I'm hoping to uh, uh, announce something big that's coming up later on in the year. Um, I was hoping we get you to slip up and say that shit now. Well, it's not a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the May Young Classic, uh, the number two. Uh, I'll go ahead and re <laughs> say it now, but no, it's uh, it's not a hundred percent. So obviously, in pro wrestling, if if it's not a hundred percent, I don't believe it. Uh, so, but you know, I might be, uh, I might be going to, uh, Japan in the, at the end of the year. So that's my first, it's my first time and I'm pretty excited about that. So, um, I'm hoping it happens because obviously, you know, 
it's it's not like you know oh, i'm just gonna go drive down the street it's it's a big deal so hopefully it happens and uh as soon as i hear confirmation i'll announce it but you know it's pro wrestling so if it's not 100 percent, i don't believe right. it until it actually is 100 percent. unfortunately because it's been it's happened before <laughs> Totally true, but see, totally I hope true, you do end see, up in Japan for a little bit. I'd love to see you over there throwing some snoring elbows. I'd love to see Cross over there, too. You're two guys who I could totally see just having a field day in Japan. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I, it just, you know, it's my dream come true. You know, like I said before, you know, it's the very first thing I ever watched, and it's for a really, it's it's one of my favorite promotions of all time. So if it does happen, I'll, I'll be extremely happy and uh, i will let you guys know first i'll definitely let you guys know first absolutely we want to yeah, know bring it back here bring us back the goods brother um and um, you know it's, it's funny so when when vinnie did some of his tapings and stuff for lucha underground we talked afterwards and he was asking me like oh do you think that was over and blah 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 i'm telling you that temple for for this this match that you saw this past week uh the sacrifice of vincennes was was deafening it was pentagon Lao for his appearance uh this past week and and his previous appearance too so I will say this, Vinny, regardless of if DJ ever lets you actually win a match or not, with the believers, with the Lucha Click in the temple, you are 130% fucking over, my friend. I appreciate it. I'm always, you know me, I'm always like, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. I'm always, I'm always worried and, you know, I'm always just, you know, when I get, when I get people's reactions, because when I'm in there, I'm just kind of like, when I'm I'm in the rest I'm in the ring I'm just kind of like okay gotta do my thing I don't pay attention or anything like well except for you obviously in the beginning of the match but like everything else I'm just kind of like in the moment so I don't really hear the crowd I don't hear anything so it's hard to tell so that's why I always ask other people around. Well, I was. But, I mean, oh, look. Oh, hey, I mean, look, I'm hey, happy to report back, to report especially when I have good news like that. And it's not. Like yeah, there were. It was yeah, crickets for your shit, bro. Because <laughs> that's. <laughs> yeah, and, and the crowd goes mild. Yeah, it's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> for the tens and dozens of people watching dozens around the world. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey man, how was my match? Because you wrestled. I didn't. I don't remember. Oh, you were on the like, card. Like yes, I oh, I wrestled. Yeah, it was so quick. But uh, no, I mean honestly, it's uh, you know as much as you, you as much as you keep mentioning that you would love to see me win, man. I I'm having so much fun, and I mean as you can as you as you say, I'm over when I don't win, so it doesn't really matter, right? Who cares? Yeah, maybe. If, if you come, come back, back, I really want to see really feud with your pizza delivery guy. That guy seems like a dick. Yeah, he he stole my he stole my wallet, stole my money. Yeah, but you know. But I mean, he got what he deserved. He went back, and, the, and you know, at least I will say this: the pizza got sacrificed too, so I don't go hungry wherever I'm at. So that's good. <laughs> that's true. That's See, true. what I'm hoping what for I'm is hoping that in some other in realm, in some other world, world, you and Pizza Guy K, guy K are just are battling, battling to to, to no end. For for the money, for for the for my wallet, I need to get my wallet back. For the four dollars and eighty four cents that was in Vinny's wallet. I know, right? Jeez. Wait, was the Wait, pizza sacrificed too? I assume yeah, the, the, pizza, the pizza was gone. There was no more pizza. The, the pizza, the the pizza, the water, were all sacrificed all along, along with Vinny. Oh, that's oh, good. The pizza, pizza was, was stuck to the pizza. pizza did disappear. The, the pizza was stuck to my back. It had to go. <laughs> it's pineapple. They needed sacrificing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay.
But I appreciate words you guys. for Antonio Cueto and his son, the monster Matanza. Oh, man. Well, I guess I shouldn't call him Papa Cueto anymore since uh, he doesn't like that. But, uh, you know, man, it's just, you know, you, I can't believe you did me that, you know, you did me so wrong. And I don't even care about the sacrifices. The fact that you gave me a pineapple pizza, I think that's like the most... You know, the worst thing you did, it's not even the sacrifice, it's just the fact that you get, like, I'm Italian, and you give me a pineapple pizza, like, I mean, I don't know, man. That's, 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 that's a real heel. Like, you want to hear, you know, you want to talk about people, talk about Terry Funk, branding people, you know, Pop, Papa Cueto giving, giving Vinny Massaro uh, a, a pineapple pizza will go on as one of wrestling's most devious and dastardly moves of all time. It's up there, brother. Yeah. yeah. Really well, is. as always, Vinny, you're always welcome on the show. Glad we could have you on after a week where you got a huge reaction and you were the guy that everyone was talking about in the whole game. So congratulations for your amazing performance on Lucha Underground. And you got to come back again soon, brother. I sure will. I think, my best, I think the best part is that for some reason today I had like... 20 followers all and they were all italian so i don't know if lucha underground like aired in italy over the weekend or something <laughs> but all these italian people started uh uh following me and the best part is that they all understood what i told matanza which wasn't <laughs> a very good which, which wasn't a very good thing so i did and, and, oh you understood yeah, it. yeah so Can you tell us so i think Can you tell us yeah, Wafangulo Petsimerda basically means uh, fuck you, you piece of shit. Uh, so, so, and that's the, and that's, and they're saying, and all the, all my Italian fans are saying that that should be the new catchphrase. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, let's, I don't know if like, we can get, I don't know if we can get away with that, but let's go ahead and go for it, I guess. I put that on a shirt somewhere. That would, I think that would fly. Yeah, you know, Wafangulo Petsimerda, they're like, I love that shirt. I'm like, you have no idea what my, my favorite is when I go and wrestle like indie shows and I go to fans and I tell them, hey, what fun go up at the And they're like, oh, I high five. And they all high five me, but they have no idea what I'm saying to them. Oh, man. Hey, you know, I've oh, heard man, hey, I've heard Pentagon say worse to Phoenix about their own mother. So it can't be that bad. Yes. Yeah. I know. I, I love I love P Pentagon comes out to the uh, on the temple and goes, I think with the mother. And everyone's like, yeah, thank you, Pentagon. I'm like, you guys. Well, Phoenix spits in everyone's mouth. I mean, there's I guess something's lost in translation out there. Yeah. Animo, anyone opens their mouth and then he spits on them. I'm like, that's great. It's a great. It's a great gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, like you just got spray in the mouth, animal. All right, cool guys. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my god, please get away from me. You're spitting all over me. But you know, they love they love Phoenix. What can I say? The lucha on the ground. The believers are crazy. But thank you for uh, having me, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll make sure to uh, tell Casey hello or happy birthday wherever he's at because oh, he's not here. Do you want to comment on this right now? He's in Vegas, visiting his girlfriend. Molesting girlfriend. Wait, I thought you were the one that had a a, 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 a a fake girlfriend in Vegas. Me? Me? Yeah. No. How many, no. The, how many of you guys have have a have have a quote unquote girlfriend in Vegas? What? The you? one that is here. here. Oh. He, I oh, have so a whole other issue. Actual... Oh yeah, that's true. His <laughs> his it's real it's real to me, buddy. It's just like pro wrestling. <laughs> 
Oh, wait, who's this? Someone just joined in. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate it. I'll tell, I'll tell him and his imaginary girlfriend in Vegas. Uh, uh, happy birthday, but uh, I'll see you guys around. Cheers, Cheers Vegas. 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 All right, bye. <laughs> I, I am, like, rejoined now. I was... Uh... My internet booted me for Why a minute. Two massive mayhem going on. What's, what happened? He just answered. If you just were patient and listened to to Meef's lag because he goes to Britain oh, and back, you just would have explained it. Um, hey, thank you, Vinny. About, let's talk about some uh, Lucha Underground since we're still on that topic. Before we get into some of the other news around the wrestling and well, combat. before we get into that, my phone uh, is dying, so I'm gonna have to peace out. But. I'd like Hold to on. extend this apology to me for meeting Chris Wolf without him present because uh, it was great. And oh. she's actually going to be a bar wrestling again this Thursday. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, but you're going to be damn well sure I'm going to try. And <laughs> just rubbing it in more. Me, hey, I Jimmy, can't help came with you. Jimmy, before your phone dies, can we watch you do a few push ups? Nobody needs to I see mean, it. I guess you could, but I'm not going to give you that a satisfaction. Let's do it. Do some burpees. I just take your sh whole shirt off, though. He's saving them for Christmas. No, no, Thunders. that's good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> We're going to get some. Uh, congrats, on 100 congrats on 101 episodes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I'm hoping that Josh Pill is still at this point of the show. So, hey, good on you, buddy. There's no way. Uh, There's but, no way Josh yeah. Mullis listened this far. It's impossible. Probably not. But uh, so happy birthday, Casey. Thank you, Vinny. And uh, I'll see you guys later. Late. Bye. Oh, Meatloaf. Why did, Why you let him do you like that, man? It's you up. know he's going to try to make out with Chris Wilson. I asked Meatloaf! Why do you I know, but I answered for him. God dang it. The guy is on the, all the way from England. It's like five in the morning there. He got up early just to be on the show with us, and you've let me two things this entire show. All right, me two. say something. Well, <laughs> I, I think I, I, I rest my I case. On purpose. I did that on purpose. That was amazing. Amazing comedic, comedic timing. All right, so the uh, he's a pretty guy. He's a pretty guy. So you know, if I lose to Jim, but I've got more meat on me. So you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that. We know. We know. What you, we know what you mean, Meef. I do like the John Waters thing you got going on there too. Yeah, the, I, I can't grow facial hair. <laughs> I can't either. But I'm. I keep doing this whole thing right here. Just doesn't ever connect. That's connected oh. in forty some odd years yet. I'm working on it. Um, so I also want to talk uh, a little about uh, the rest of this episode of Lucha Underground. We also haven't spoken in a few weeks, so there's been a few interesting developments in Lucha Underground. But I kind of want to start from the the end and work my way forward because I think that Dragon Aztec Junior is a great choice for Gift to the Gods Champion. Absolutely. He's the real deal, and you've seen his progression from uh, him and Marty both had similar progressions from season one, sort of outsiders who kind of came in, and they were kids. It's nice to see him actually get the get the rub for a change, because he kind of last season was kind of the loser, 
and he's kind of looked like he was going a bit off. So it's nice for him to kind of get the. But he was the apprentice. He was the apprentice of yeah, yeah. Puma and Ray. But, but like, now he was the t- he was like a terrible apprentice. Yeah, he wasn't very good at being an apprentice. <laughs> but that's but he, he it, was like the world's shittest Jedi. Yeah, but it, it but put he, him in the world with those characters and that caliber of guy too, which I think did elevate uh, his character enough that this timing works perfectly for him. I think. Yeah, he needs it. He need, he needed that little. But it, it, it was a strong match as well. That was the thing. If you look at the guys who were in it and like how he won it. Yeah, I really loved that setup too. Some people complained about it. Some people liked it. Um, the Antonio Cueto booking style, I really enjoy. I just think his explanations are shit though. They're so goddamn confusing. And even when we were live for some of them, it was like, so how the fuck is this going to go down? Oh, the, yeah. Well, even at the beginning, I can't even remember. There are so many matches where he had to redo the explanation. Yeah. And it's like, once the match starts and you see how it's laid out, it's, oh, it makes sense. But somewhere between Krista Joseph's brain and the words that come out of Antonio Cueto's mouths and the believer's ears, something gets lost because trying to figure out exactly what the fucking rules are, it takes, it's not until like the third time Stryker explains it that anybody has a fucking clue. Yeah. Well, Antonio Cueto is an old man, so it's cut him some slack. And it happened before too with the like, uh, the, the three team. guys are the trios champion, the son of Havoc, like, that whole setup where he gives him the belt and then they start off Aztec warfare by fighting each other. Like the whole thing was so confusing by the time the match got going that you were like, what's going yeah. what's going on? It seemed but, like it yeah. was too much like going on at the time. Yeah. But that one, but it was just, the, this one was just the explanation was a little bit weird, but the, but doing it that way, having two trios teams face off against each other. And then those three face off to see who is actual gift of the gods champion. I loved it. Cause it, it felt like you're getting, really two matches for the for the price of one and you did it mixes up and isn't it usually a ladder match as well so i mean which sometimes can get boring everything always been on a ladder oh yeah i mean yeah i think it has been yeah well and then um son of havoc versus pinta that was a ladder yeah, but so that was, was a special. But I don't think they 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 haven't all been ladder matches though. No, but that that ladder match was because they had a um, that uh, match beforehand where they both got a pinfall to finish. So the original gift to the gods match for that season was, um, you know, a version of Aztec Warfare's uh, Battle Royal, where you know what I mean. Yeah, I've been paying great attention. Um, uh, what sorry. else? It's I'm it's such a blur about that other thing that we can't talk about. I know it's blowing my mind. Let's not talk about that. Oh, I know it's amazing that we can't <laughs> talk about it though. It's so good. Um. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. 
Um, what else happened in this week? Because it's all blurring and there's only it's really all one blurring. thing. I can't what was the oh, first match? London. So London. Uh, no, no, no. Last yeah. week was London. I The highlights for me are Rabbit Tribe matches. So for me, I'm just going to go out of order. London's match versus, um, was it Desmond? Yeah. Xavier? Desmond X was great. I love uh, Paul London is oh. the man. I loved how um, Wait, was he, this match against Desmond? I think it was. Yeah, it's Desmond's first. It was match. for. It was for uh, one of the um, coins. Oh, the, that was last it. week then. That was last week, um, and I loved how during Desmond's entrance, when they have the shot of uh, Melissa, you have a shiny black cod piece right in the background. <laughs> that was just. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then I love uh, like this, this new black, dark kind of Paul London vibe. I mean, he was doing the all white, very kind of jovial, happy, uh, yeah. mad hatter on ecstasy kind of thing previously. And he seems to have gone to a much darker place since our boy, uh, the white rabbit who looks a whole lot like killer cross since that yeah. guy showed up. Yeah, I like that. I think there's been, um, a subtle change in ring with him as well. I wish he would have won, but I also like Desmond, Desmond X is, you know, you lose to him or giving him the rub. That's not a bad idea either, but I liked, I like where that's going. I loved the vignette they had at the end of the prior episode um, where it was just, I wish rabbit tribe was on every week, just in a cinematic little sequence vignette. They don't have to have matches. I just wish we saw more of those. I think there's going to be quite a few. Uh, I remember Paul and the White Rabbit uh, talking about the fact that they were hoping to shoot a whole bunch of stuff. And I know that that was kind of during the last weekends, but almost everything else was shot out. So yeah. I think they were getting a ton of their vignettes late in the game. And uh, hopefully they got a, a bunch of them. I know that the, the one that the that big one that we saw last week with all the blood on the face and everything that was done the last week of tapings for lucha underground so yeah. uh even though it's running really early in the season but that just shows you how much they liked it and how well it's playing um which is awesome it was beautiful it was so beautiful um i just i love the close-ups on london as he was smashing. That was a lot of blood too like we saw a lot of blood when the the cage uh mashing um uh renegade's face thing but this was different this was very like ultra violence uh clockwork Evil orange death. combined with yeah. phantasm kind of blood here <laughs> it was great it was almost like a squirt gun right in the eyes of blood it was just so it was now, just beautiful let's let's talk honestly what yeah. do you think between the two very brand new presentations of Kevin Cross? Um, you, you've got kind of where he's going with Impact, which is really the gimmick that he's created for himself on the indies. It's really a great extension of that, which is yeah. it, it really good for him uh, for bookings and whatnot, that he gets to basically play the character that he created. Um, yeah. And they're giving him and whatnot it feels like he very strong hand in his own presentation over there or they just liked it so much that they brought that whole presentation in which is cool too yeah um then you've got kind of his mad persona what's that i was just saying like it's like we were talking about during the week the impact the best thing they're doing at the minute 
is kind of letting guys do their thing. So like yeah. Cross, it's like just that, that's the character. It's really good, and now they're just giving it a platform where it can be better. Right. And yeah, like, Austin Aries cut that promo stuff. on Impact this week where he's like, I'm the world champ. If you're a champ somewhere where you read a script and you go out with a list of things you can do and can't do, you're not really the best. The best is here where you get to do whatever you want, improve yourself. And everyone knows, like, that's, you know, Austin Aries, that's where he thrives and that's what he does. But he's also describing the atmosphere and that's what Kevin Cross is doing. It's like you, bring in these guys, these talents and they're autonomous. Like they, they do their thing and they either get over or they don't, but you let them right. prove themselves. But then you have, on the other hand, you have Lucha underground where DJ, as you heard Vinny talking about, will take and accentuate things that are part of your character, but he'll take them to another place, like murdering you on a pizza. <laughs> you yeah. may, you may say yeah. pizzas is part of your gimmick, but you know, I'm sure that, you know, Vinny wasn't thinking, hey, let me get murdered on one. And that's where DJ comes in. So it's like you get a guy like Cross that comes in and says, and, you know, DJ's probably like, oh, so what's your thing? And he's like, oh, you know, I kind of do this psychopathic murderer, uh, American psycho kind of gimmick, you know, natural born killers or whatever. And then you get the DJ version of that, which is the white rabbit on a whole yeah. other level. This weird, subtle thing he's got some kind of strange telepathic powers and um he gets three guys to kill a little person like what the f well i think i think lucha underground is a weird i mean when we when we say it's a tv show not a wrestling show and other conversations we have to say it in this one too and so it's kind of in this one it's more of like a metaphor of what um what someone really is or what they're best at. You don't bring in a Kevin Cross. I mean, you, you can, but you may not necessarily want to bring in a Kevin Cross to be the most Kevin Cross. You may want Kevin, like what would be the most fantastical version of Kevin Cross that you would run across in the middle of a nightmare. And See, that's and what I'm kind of hoping they go that direction too. It's like, we've got, you know, the killer hitman, hands on physical, Kevin Cross in AAA and in Impact right now. He's going to Doomsday Saito slam people. You know, he's coming up with new choke moves. And I like that on Impact, by the way, that they gave him a choke finish for his second. Uh, the cross. Match. Yeah, was it the the the, the cross fest or the. Um, the cross jacket? Cross, no, cross I'm butchering jacket. it and I feel so bad. It's cross jacket. I was, cross okay. jacket. I, tw I, I tweeted at him and he got mad at me because. That's like that's a four up across the, the next straight cross. <laughs> no, it's a cross shag. It's nice. It's like it's a snug fit. But anyway, I'm I'm glad that they're they're doing that presentation with him there. And then in AAA, he's you know demolishing loose doors and they're doing the right thing down there. I'm hoping that the cross we see, especially if he gets in the ring, because uh, I'm going to assume he's not just going to valet or manage or whatever. That's that would be really weird, but. I'm going to assume eventually he's going to get in the ring, and I'm hoping that we see a really kind of slow, methodical, no-selling, like menacing and evil, not because he's doing something, but menacing and evil because he's not, because he doesn't have to, because yeah. he has the kind of presence that, that instills fear without that. Because you've already got monsters in Lucha Underground, and honestly, 
I feel like Jake Strong has already stolen the gimmick that I had imagined that Cross would come in with. Yeah. I mean, but well, that's, you got if, freaking Jack Swagger already there doing it. You can't have Kevin Cross doing it too. That would be absurd. Yeah, I mean, Strong is doing what Killer Cross would do for sure. Um, and I'll be honest, but, because Strong debuted in Lucha Underground before Kevin, I was actually kind of bummed. Like I liked the like his presentation, but at the same time, I was like, "Fuck, what are they going to do with Kevin now?" Yeah, like, I felt bad for Kevin. I love it. I think it's working out for the best. I love Strong. Um, I think this is the best presentation of him, and it's not even his direct personality either. He's more of a lovable, goofy, fun-loving kind of guy, uh, and this character. I think, uh, you know, accentuates his talents as, you know, in the ring, selling him as a strong fighter. No, no. Wait, 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 wait. We have a question from Mr. Krabs. Do you want to read this one, Byron? Uh, Let's get it over with. Let's do it. Also, is Mascarita Sagrada now playing that other uh, horrible person? Little little person. person. It's it's El Torito, isn't it? It's El Torito. It is not Mascarita. And if you notice, there is a scene where they are both in the scene. um, Because a lot of people kept saying that the other one was, in fact, Mascarita. It is not. It's El Torito, who is uh, a little more of a flyer, a little stronger, a little less gut. (laughs) Yeah, I believe he's a lot younger, though. Yeah, and a little bit taller. Um, but yeah, Mascarita, Mascarita was injured, so he wasn't able to do the season. Yeah, so Mascarita was not able to wrestle anyway, which is probably part of why they smushed his face in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this is a this is a different mini. It would be the correct term in Lucha Libre, yeah. or little would be the correct term in life. We don't use that other term. Um, yeah, come on, crabs. And... Um, He's great. He can fucking go. If you haven't seen Torito, um, get ready. Gird up your loins. The guy can go. He's really fun uh, to watch in the ring. And I think uh, if he gets some ring time at Lucha, you will be very, very pleasantly impressed. Yeah, he was fun at, you know, as a bull running around. But you remember that match, the Wii LC match uh, with Swoggle? That was oh, yeah. legitimately one of the best matches of the year in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can he can um, freaking go. Yeah. Before we move on, uh, well, I thought I was gonna say was um, with the character he's got in LU, he can have a bit more fun with it and like do like because you can be a crazy killer and like in Impact WWE or in like norm, like normal wrestling, you need to be I'm hard. I'm gonna murder you and legitimately like you know using MMA or whatever like show you. Whereas with the Lucha Underground universe, he can kind of be, a, I want to say a caricature or like a version. He could be like the Joker, the, you know, the the anime, the um, cartoon, the comic book Joker. And you I know, think there's a, definitely a world slide. of that for him too. It's going to take a little bit of work for him though, because yeah. it's not his it, normal thing. It is a, a little bit outside of his normal box. So It'll be interesting well, to see he, how he inhabits that. I will it say this though: he, he can do it. He can in, do in Lucha Underground. He could do like he's having to do a chokehold or like you know, a, a segment where he actually has to like punch someone in the head. In 
El Lucha Underground, and they like do some weird thing where he pulls people apart with chains, ripping their arms and legs off. I'd watch it. You know, I mean, you you can't sell that in a real wrestling show, but in Lucha Underground, you can like dismember people. I will say this: all the more reason I hope they go for it. What what were you going to say, Byron? Kevin Cross has appeared as the character Killer Cross in um, in Independence all over the world. He's appeared in AAA as Killer Cross, and he's appeared in Impact and MLW as Killer Cross. Um, but as far as I know, he's only had someone actually legitimately murdered as the White Rabbit. That you know of. That I know of. During a program. I don't know what he does off the shows, but during a show, he's only actually murdered or had murdered someone. Yeah, we should probably go down a list of his former opponents and see if they're all still alive. Well, he did put put Paulie in a neck brace, right? Paulie Culver? Yeah. Paulie Culver. Was in the hospital for a while. And he's a Cleveland homie, too. That was kind of rude. As much as I love him, it's like, (laughs) come on, man. Why you got to hurt my homies from Cleveland? (laughs) <laughs> um. so anything else you guys want to talk about Lucha because there's some other wrestling I want to talk about I mean we have another hundred um, episodes where we can talk about Lucha um, and the season's still like settling in it's, not, again, it's getting its wheels now I want to say I want to say that I am on the Antonio uh, I what do you think me if I am like purely without irony on the Antonio Cueto bandwagon I'm all aboard it now are now yes. are you one of these uh, these flat earthers or, or, or flat Darioers that believes that Dario is still alive or that somehow Antonio is Dario? I kind of think that Dario is still alive, uh, but I've sort of lost interest in a conspiracy theory because um, I just I I love how they're using I love what they're doing with Antonio Cueto. I think it's just the right amount. I think it's it fits right in with there's there's just a certain level of cheesiness in pro wrestling and in uh, cultish type uh, movies. And this is very much like that. And I think it fits in and I think it's appropriate. And I think I've gotten to know the personality of Antonio enough to kind of get it. Okay. I'm still kind of up in the air. I'll be honest. Like, I'm feeling it now, but I'm halfway feeling it because of how much we're selling it. You know, like just Casey coming in and doing his impression and kind of us talking about it. And the fact that the the shock of Antonio has worn off because of being at the tapings, where I feel like for people who are just seeing it on TV now, they're still getting used to it more than the rest of us. Um, but I missed the Dario character. I liked... Yeah, I I feel like Antonio is stronger. He's a better heel. He's a more powerful character. But some of those weaknesses and flaws in Dario um, really sold it for me. And him coming up messing up a promo, like when Antonio messes up a promo, it's not fun. It's not funny. You don't no. laugh at Papa Cueto. Like you just don't. He just works it out and eventually says his thing and then goes away. Now when it was Dario. You could totally fuck with him, and it was funny because then he would get all flustered and mad, and then he would try to have you murdered in the middle of the night. You know, he was he was a little more Fredo, and now we're dealing with a little more of the Godfather. So, um, it's interesting. 
Now, overall, I'm curious because a lot of people, you know, I was reading the the message board at El Rey and there were some good comments on there. And, and Gabe Daigle, Lucha Gringo, um, he, he had some really strong words for them about how badly they fucked up with the hiatus. And it was really not directed at the producers of the show, but it was really directed at the network. And that's who I guess deserves to have it directed at them. The hiatus, and he said it best in Gabe's words, caused irreparable damage to the product. And it's a shame because I don't feel like with what DJ was given to work with Roach and, and the writers, what they were given to work with this season um, and what they've been pulling off is pretty incredible. Like, I think the vignettes so far are actually better this yeah. year. I think not going outside, but having this space where they could create sets and do smaller things um, has been better. So it's like they do a whole scene in just one tight little room um, and they get more creative and I like it. So, um, you know, I just, I think Gabe's words were very poignant, though, because he's a huge mark for the ground. He really loves the product. But people uh, on that message board are having trouble buying in at this point. And I think it's because of the continuity and low of things. It, it mm. feels a little disjointed. It feels like there was a stop and a restart. It's not as seamless as everyone wants it to be. But the shit that they're doing is so fucking good. It's like... How is there a way to erase the past and enjoy Lucha Underground for what it is right now? There's always going to be a stigma associated with it, trying to live up to the glory that everyone thought it presented in the past. I, I mean, I, I fully appreciate and understand and believe in what Gabe said, uh, but I also know that Eric uh ev dub has told us that like that break was part of that break was laying a strong foundation like the first three seasons weren't sustainable in how they were uh moving um they're almost like a pilot three seasons and when the show got up and running again it would be a, in a sustainable format and so for me i'm optimistic and i treat it like something that is consistent because i think it will be consistent but some people need to see it proven and i think we're in four and when you see how four goes and then it goes into five i think you'll what is see, it gonna go into five i think so <laughs> i mean or is there gonna be another weird ass fucking break i mean it's all there are they're not filming yet there's no announcement about filming yeah you know, i've heard i've heard everything from you know same time next year as it was this year to you know, maybe we'll have it up and running again by September or October. Yeah, I've heard the maybe the maybe um, this fall. You know, I've heard that stuff. But to me, I think that's wishful thinking. I think that's a bonus if it happens. I think realistically, if they're not filming by I, March, that that window next Eric, year. Then, Eric Van Wagner has never said to me anything about this fall. He has said that he would love if that happened, but right. he's never led me to believe that that's something that's a possibility. Now. Other people who are pretty high up in the company, I have heard say that before. And I've heard a lot of people who are in the know say that they think it's going to come back this fall. Um, yeah. But Eric has never been one of those, just for the record, from my knowledge. 
It's it's there's a lot to it. You got to find a building or you got to get the building. And I heard on another podcast, someone said season five is happening and they have an even better building. And that's the only time I ever heard about that. And who knows if it's even, you know, if it's too early to even confirm that rumor in the first place. But uh, I know I'm pretty sure I'm pretty confident that five will happen because four happened and it went well and they wanted more. And, you know, if it happens for the money that they want to spend, they're going to keep making original content that has a fan base for El Rey. That makes sense to me. And I think it's going to be spring. If it's not March or April, it'll be April or something like that or February. But that that's when my panic switch happens is when they're not ready to do it then. If it's another delay from consistently shooting spring and airing for the rest of the year, and then shoot the next spring and air the rest of the year. I think that's a good baseline. If they want to do spring and they want to do fall and then want to do spring again, I think they could do that, but they still got to get their shit together. There's a lot to get their shit together to have a routine schedule, to have your crew block off their time because with that long break, your crew's working other jobs. You got to find new ones or you got to get these guys to say, all right, I'll commit to you now on a consistent basis in March and in September. Um, yes, I agree with you, Rebecca, that uh, Godfrey agent winner is the reason that Papa Cueto knows that uh, Castro Cortez Castro was a cop. Um, Antonio is a real G. He's a real godfather. He like he knows what the fuck's going on. You're not going to pull some secret i'm a cop shit on antonio cueto um you know the other thing that i think is interesting you know the more i watch impact and the way they're kind of dealing with things now in the uh chaos era they could lucha underground really could tour Mm -hmm. but why they have something that impact doesn't have which is they have a really good home audience I can't tell you how different the last few weeks of impact have been while they were filming in Canada compared to the batch that came right before that, that was in the impact zone. God damn it. They should never, ever go back to that fucking impact zone ever again. The crowd there fucking sucks. And these Canadian crowds were live and they made the Canadian crowds made me believe in impact. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, um, crabs. Lucha Underground has better crowds than Impact sometimes. These Canadian crowds were just as loud at the temple, especially at Slammiversary. That oh, Slammiversary was, was great. Lit. Makes that all was, the difference to have that energy. I agree with you 100%. Um, but also, what do you think about this? Since they have, since they're working together so much and they did that one show together, I mean, what do you think about? impact going on tour um lucha underground doing like three matches on it getting doing a partial show so that way they don't have to have the logistics of running a tour but they can supply talent under their brand to get the the banner up that's without the lucha underground booking without krista joseph writing it yeah i think in vivo proved you know, the difference between Austin Warfare and the Lucha Underground in Vivo, the, the the four times that Lucha Underground has been on the road, is a huge difference. And if you see what they did with the Austin Warfare thing, they were teasing the whole 
Mundo versus Bay thing that happened later in the Lucha Underground season. And they were doing it way ahead of time when they did Austin Warfare. And it was good. You take your two biggest stars and, and you let them go out there and promote. The stuff they did with Vivo, even though Chris was there and everything, was just more reactionary. It was more... It was very much like AAA, to tell you the truth. Just throw yeah. our guys out there, put some names against each other, put, make the poster look good, and uh, have a show. <laughs> and if we change some of the booking at the last minute, who cares? You know, some of your favorite people were still there. Fuck it. But I think just putting them on impact... And, and it's weird, too, because if you look at the way the, the crossover of talent has worked so far... That, that Eric explained on this very show in our formerly highest rated episode ever that has now been dwarfed by Sunny Kiss, um, a.k.a. Exolicious. So the, the way that this talent exchange worked was Lucha Underground gets plugged and acknowledged in the greater wrestling pantheon of companies that exist. I think you need that acknowledgement. It helps legitimize Lucha Underground as a wrestling promotion. The problem, however, is they're not actually a wrestling promotion. So the way it gets reciprocated with Lucha Underground using these talents from other places or doing it there, like you can't, they can't ever really acknowledge it the same way mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense in their universe. Like in the Lucha Underground universe, does impact exist? I mean, uh, well, I you know, think Stryker makes some references to that. Oh, this guy's wrestled around the world or fought around the world, but it's still more like it's a plot point in a Bruce Lee movie about an underground tournament than it is an acknowledgement of uh, competing promotions. You know what I, I mean? think? I think they're, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Mundo has referenced that if he doesn't get what he wants from Dario in past seasons, he'll take the belt and go to another fighting underground fighting league or some i think um the concept of impact could exist i think if you're going to explain on lucha underground why their guys are on impact i think that's weird i'd like Um, to see some bigger crossover i just don't know if it's possible i also think that part of the reason the crossover happened was more i hate this but almost more a little bit of acknowledgement of defeat by lucha underground of more more of them saying look guys when we started doing this we thought we were going to be like another promotion but at the same time like we're just happy that we exist and we're going to let our guys do some other stuff and you know if they can carry the name and the gospel of lucha out there further than we could that's great but i do feel like it was a little bit a, a, an admission of guilt or you know a little bit of of like yeah, we can't pull off live shows. We can't keep our guys employed year-round. We do want more people to know about us. And at this point, it can't hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that sucks a little bit because I, I wanted to believe in the more grandiose vision that they initially had. You know, the EVW plan, that that is what I call it now, of touring in the off-season, doing, you know... 40 episodes a season and touring in the off season. And this thing where Lucha underground became like ECW was in the mid nineties. I would love to do that. that How, how amazing though would it be? And they still could do it because you just have to write it. Like it's never going to happen. This three company system that they have 
makes it They'll impossible. Never, yeah. But if it, it would be it would be amazing if they could film their season and then DJ and Roach could write loose stories for their house shows depending on where they were in the season. But for it to happen, the problem is for it to really happen, Eric Van Wagnen would basically have to be Eric Bischoff. Yeah. With Mark Burnett being his Ted Turner. And they would have to be doing it as a show they were selling to a TV network as opposed to a show that was being made in conjunction with a TV network. Basically, Factory yeah. Made would have to go out. El Rey would have to go bye-bye. Uh, Lucha Libra FMV would have to bow down to MGM. Like The whole power structure would have to change. And also, I don't think Eric Van Wagner wants that job. I don't think he has any desire to be Eric Bischoff. He's a no. fan of wrestling, but he's not the same kind of mark that Bischoff was. You know? Yeah. If Hulk also, Hogan came around with the same shit that he fed Eric Bischoff, E.B. Dub would probably tell him to fuck himself. You know? Yeah. Put, yeah. I also think... The best uh, thing they could do... Yeah. Would be like... Okay, it's going to sound weird because they obviously don't... They've not done anything here. But do like they did with like the one-off events. Just do it, you know what I mean? Just here, one there. Just one off events? Yeah, just do it, like, but like, make it something big. So, like, after, you know, the season's finished, big event, and like, I don't know, because I, I don't know any venues where you guys are, but do it at a decent ish venue. Nothing like, you know, not saying MGM, but, you know. No, but MGM, that's what, that was, the, that was the original EV dub plan. Um, yeah. When I talked to E.B. Dub about two years ago, his idea was hitting those those mid-sized thousand to two thousand seater type venues, those Hammerstein ballroom type venues, nothing probably above a five thousand seater, mm-hmm. hitting those places, doing uh, like a, a little house show run, like not just going and doing one show, but setting up and doing a Friday and a Saturday show or something, like two nights where everybody could come to town and could work, where they could do tryouts from local talent, where they could, you know, have some storylines that played out off camera or maybe even film some of it, you know, and put it into the season or a special or something, you know, but then just do one of those a month and make sure that their guys were working and staying relative and that everyone was working towards the season, you know, and then still let everybody else take their bookings. Even I when think they went so. into the other markets. So, like, they, they started showing it in France. They started showing it in Germany. Now, they did run a weird show alongside a company in Germany. Yeah. With a few guys showing it to the ground. But if they'd gone, like, I'm not being. Because it's TV. So you put on a show in Germany, which is just purely Lucha Underground, of the local, you know, hookups and everything to get the word out. So you actually get a decent attendance. But you put that for like the weekend of the first episode airing in Germany. You know, you, that, that promotion wise is like what you want to do. Who's, I'm not, like in the UK, people want to follow it. But you, we, you know, I have to go searching around the net for like a day to get it. But the product isn't here. If you know what I mean, the, there's no base for the product whatsoever. So even if it was on Netflix here, it wouldn't be as big as it could be. Because it, there's 
it just doesn't feel like it's anything. If you know what I mean, it just it doesn't yeah. have a physical like embodiment. So like we have the wrestlers come over to wrestle randomly, but if they did, um, like just went right, you know what? We're gonna do the uh, Royal Albert Hall, for instance, like Triple A did a couple of years ago. You do you look around the ground? Does the you know Royal Albert Hall the the weekend before? the first series airs to get the kind of every amped up or like the first episode airs and then they do it. Well, and honestly, that is probably the only hope for any type of touring thing now is that the PR departments at El Rey and MGM would get Mm -hmm. behind it enough to do something like that. But I don't think that they could show significant enough gains in ratings by doing that to justify the amount of money expended on the production, especially if they're not taping it. So then you have to ask yourself who's paying for it. And the problem is everyone wants Lucha Libre FMV to pay for that because that's who would be the one who would benefit from it. It's not going to make huge numbers of ratings increase. It's going to cost more than it would to produce an episode of the show itself. So, you know... My my thing is if they want to grow the product, if they want to, like promote the product and actually make the product a bigger thing so therefore they can start you know being right but who but who but who is going to do that the only company the only branch of this that can do that is lucha libre fmv because if you look at the pay structure el rey network makes money by selling commercials if they're doing a live event or involved in a live event there's no commercials there. They make yeah. no money. MGM gets paid a flat fee per episode to make the show. So if they're out there promoting and doing a live event, they're not getting paid. To my knowledge, I don't think EV Dub or DJ or any of those got guys got paid for Lucha in Vivo. I think they just went and did it. The talent got paid, yeah. and maybe they gave themselves some booking fees or something like that, but they didn't get their normal TV checks. That's for damn sure. And then... So if if somebody does it, Lucha Libre FMV, who is Dorian Roldan, if you don't know, and and, and his investors, um, they will make the money from the live ticket sales. They make the money from merch. They make money from however the characters are monetized because they own the intellectual property and they are the partner that could do that. They could promote a tour tomorrow, whatever the ticket sell at the gate they would get. And it would be smart. Because it would raise the exposure and hopefully bring some of that back to TV, which would keep the longevity of the overall product going and then hopefully sell more. And it's a big cycle that keeps going and feeding into itself. But they have to be the ones to start it. Dory is the only one in this process that can make that happen because he is the only one that financially could capitalize on it. No one else can justify doing it. I also think that... What's that mean? That's my problem with Lucha Underground. My problem with Lucha Underground, especially since the hiatus and going back to the Gabe's kind of thing, was it doesn't feel like... I mean, the guys who are working there, they want it to succeed, you know? But it doesn't feel like the people who should be wanting to succeed, the people who are making it, who can make money from selling... TV rights also. Selling but this, is, but this or, has been the problem you know, with Lucha Libre. Those guys don't seem to want to do it. No, but it's not just it's not just them. It's not just Dorian. This is Lucha Libre, period. Lucha Libre is handled differently than the WWE. And it always has been. I mean, 
they run shows for ticket sales at the gate. They are like trying to sell concessions. They're like the Clippers in the, the, the early 2000s. They're horrible, and it doesn't matter as long as they put butts in seats. They're not trying to make a good product. They're just trying to keep making a product all the time. And and CMLL does the same thing. Not as bad as AAA. Not, not by any, even any stretch of the imagination. Um, but all those companies, MDA, AAA, CMLL, all of them, there is a different mentality behind it, and I don't know why. I've never understood it. I, I, I've felt like Lucha Libre in general has always been short-sighted, and everyone is yeah. only worried about the gate at next week's show. And, you know, And then they have these shows all the time that bomb. All the promotions do. They'll have a show here or there that are just fucking bomb. Turnout's bad, or they picked the wrong night, or somebody else was running a show and they didn't even know about it because sh- shows pop up or change all the goddamn time. And they all run the same freaking venues. So maybe, you know, a hot show was in town the week before. You come with a lamer show the next week, you get fucking killed. It's just so short sighted. But that's, you know, you're looking to a guy who runs a company like that to come up with these bigger answers for a major marketing coup. And it is a problem, it, you know. It was part of the problem with WCW too, and it's the problem with pretty much everybody who's not Vince McMahon. Is that well, to do it the right way, you have yeah. to have a singular vision and a singular power structure of control. Because if all sides can't get that money, can't capitalize on the money that's available there, then they have no reason to do it, and that's part of the problem. Well, I think I think what makes WWE such a strong glo- global brand is that they don't care about what's in the ring. A lot of the people who run it are, you know, they're big fans of wrestling and they love, the, you know, the history of wrestling. And they love the good matches and they appreciate that and they take pride in that. That's not what they do for a living. You make the characters and that sell T-shirts. You give some. You give Randy Orton the RKO, which everyone shows up they want to see randy orton show up and throw the rko and they want to see the entrance you want to see john cena say his catchphrases but the kids don't show up and make their dads buy them or moms buy them t-shirts because they want to see a four or five star john cena match they want to see john cena they want to hear him say something and then you know hit a signature move and i think everywhere else they focus more on the in-ring product and that's the kind of show that i prefer but that's not such a universally translated show that is more like uh you know you know going back to the roots of of being a carny uh type of thing you know they're a traveling circus they put on the show you have the fireworks so you have the things and the bright lights and right but also the money they don't have to have any one part of wwe be the most successful part because all the money flows in the same direction it all funnels together Yeah. And all they want to do is keep all of it going. They want to keep as many shows on the air, making ad revenue so their TV deals are good as possible, which is why Raw is still three hours because everybody at the company wants it to be shorter now. Can't do it because it changes the flow of the money and they're a public company now. Yeah. Um, t-shirts, they keep coming in. So we create stars that sell t-shirts. Even if they don't get over on TV, doesn't matter how bad Bailey is on television right now, guys. Doesn't matter. She still sells like the foremost merchandise in the company right now. So she's going to fucking be on TV. Period. 
You know what I mean? Roman Reigns, as far as Vince McMahon knows, Roman Reigns is one of his biggest stars because that dude sells more fucking merch than anybody. Don't ask me how or why, but he does. That's a whole nother conversation. I I believe he's one of the bigger stars they have. I just think that whatever. He's a huge star. Um, Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But my point is the money all flows together. But with Lucha Underground, the money doesn't flow into the same pools. It doesn't flow into the same pot. So every yeah. person who is powerful well, in the whole process, you got Robert Rodriguez is making his money from one place. Mark Burnett's making his money from one place. Dorian Roldan's making his money from one place. And they're not together. They're never going to be because their money doesn't come from the same place. The second they all make the same money is the second you will see those guys agreeing on a real direction for Lucha Underground. Yeah, well, it, that, it, it just, just boils down to... It just boils down to an identity crisis for Lucha Underground, and that's been holding them back. And Absolutely. they got to they got to get their act together. They just, to be honest and blunt, they have to get their act together with that. And I think this season four, I think they've they've gotten pretty close to it. Their ah, TV the show, stories, the stories act is together. The TV shows act is together. The talents act is together. Dorian's yeah. merchandising is more together. The network's promotion is more together, but they're still doing it all separately. And that's what yeah. I'm saying about the talent exchange and the way that the talent contracts went down. It's an admission of guilt. It's all of them going, look, we're honorable people. We're not trying to screw people over, even including Dorian. For better or for worse, when it comes to Lucha Underground, he did right by almost everyone this year. But the whole point is they still they know that they are not on the same page. After the hiatus, I think the hiatus damaged them too. They mm-hmm. all know. Dorian, as you can tell from AAA right now, Dorian went back to AAA and realized some things needed to change there. He started putting his eggs back in that basket and and Part of the problems with AAA a couple years ago was because he had so many eggs in the Lucha Underground basket that he was like, fuck AAA. But as you've seen over the last seven or eight months, Dorian has put a lot more focus back in over there. He's bringing people back in. He's letting things happen. He's bringing Conan back. He's understanding why AAA is important because that is more of his moneymaker than Lucha Underground. Yeah. That's where his hopes and his future are. It's not in Lucha Underground anymore. They've He's seen the fallibility of that product and the fact that its longevity could be snuffed out at any point in time. So now he's got to focus on something that has a legacy and a history that can't be snuffed out. It's got a different economic flow to it, and the money train at AAA can't stop because too many people would suffer. Whereas with Lucha Underground, it can disappear tomorrow, and he knows that. They it's a TV do. show. And, That's and Eric and, and DJ, they realized too. I mean, some of those guys, the production crew, were sitting around without jobs for a while because of that holdup. And they're sitting there like, if there's no TV show, if they're not making episodes, guess what, guys? They're not getting paid. They don't draw a year-round salary for Lucha Underground. Krista Joseph is not making Lucha Underground money right now. Doesn't mean he's not coming up with what the next great thing for it is, but he's doing it pro bono. Until they say, hey, here's a green light and there's some more episodes. His paychecks are gone, y'all. He doesn't, he's not the showrunner right now because there's no show to run in the offseason. There's nothing. Bischoff ran his shit year round. Vince runs his shit year round. The Ring of Honor guys run their shit year round. Don Callis works for TNA year round. Mm-hmm. Krista Joseph works for Lucha Underground part time. Chris Roach works for Lucha Underground part time. 
Eric Van Wagnen pretty much works for MGM full time, but he's doing other shows for them. He's not doing Lucha Underground right now. That's the problem. But whatever. Doesn't matter. I mean, that's it is what it is. And it's still bringing all those great people together, bringing Dorian with all his access to these great uh, Lucha Libre performers, bringing Chris DeJoseph and Chris Roach in with their awesome writing skills, bringing Eric Van Wagen in with his TV production style, bringing Robert Rodriguez with his grindhouse philosophy, who brought Skip Chasen in for his directing. Bringing all those people together is amazing. And this weird power and money structure might be the only way something like that ever happens. But at the same time, everyone at this point has to acknowledge the flaws because I think they have acknowledged the flaws. I'm going to stop ranting about it because I want to talk about impact, believe it or not. All right. Can I, can I uh, lead the impact thing? I took notes. Go for it. What are you talking about first? You're talking about Slammiversary? Slammiversary. Let's talk about Slammiversary. All right. Um, And I'll, I'll, I took sort of match by match notes and then we can go match by match and see if we can buzz, uh, buzz round lightning round this. First of all, um, what a great junior sucks. We're not there yet, and he doesn't. He's one of the best. Um, so, first of all, production was. First of all, Zach Saber Jr. is it, completely unconvincing as a professional wrestler. Well, I mean, if your eyes are closed and you're watching a different show, then I guess you might come up with that opinion. Semiversary. So, uh, everything. I mean, like, if you really want to see a pussy fight, I guess you would pay money to see Zach Saber Jr. He would totally kick your ass in a fight. <laughs> okay. Really? So, okay, really? so like to prove something, he could totally yeah. beat up a tough guy in a fight. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. First of all, I've, I've seen him in person. Here's this is this is my problem. This is my problem with Zack Saber Jr. All right, smaller guys out there. I'm not even saying that small that, that I have an issue with smaller guys like Desmond Xavier, who we we're talking about before. Me yeah. and Desmond Xavier in a street fight. I think he'd probably take me. I'll get in some licks, but he'd probably take me. Makes him credible, in my opinion. Zack Saber Jr. Bring him to my house right now. I'm fucking 15 years older than him. He's a professional athlete, and I will give him that. He's a professional athlete, and I am an old man. But with my limited amount of martial arts skill and my ability to be a tough guy on occasion, I believe that I would put Zack Sabre Jr. in the fucking ground. But you wouldn't. But I also want to point out that Desmond uh, Desmond Xavier has done a remarkable job in being given nothing in Lucha Underground. No vignettes, no, 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 you know, just nothing. And he went in the ring, did two matches, maybe two and a half. And he's, he's one of everyone now. Like he's already proved himself 10 times over and everyone loves him like that. He's awesome. And he's done some amazing stuff. Uh, in those hey, matches. Gabe is in the chat room. Gabe, I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the show, but I actually talked about you quite a bit and your post from the uh, message board on the El Rey uh, network thing there. So go back and listen to that at some point if you didn't hear it already because you got mentioned on the show already. Um, yeah. So back to Slammiversary. But no, no, no. I'm going to finish my Zack Sabre Jr. thing and then later I'm going to let you talk about G1 and why he's so good. But at the same time, okay. Byron, I believe a guy like Kevin Cross would whoop a regular guy like me's ass, right? Yeah. You believe he would beat yeah, that's, me up? That's the old, that's old school wrestling uh, mentality of your champion has right. to be a guy who right. would Let's, win in a bar uh, fight. TJP, TJP. Do you think TJP could beat me up? No. I, I mean, I think he would cry if he looked at you. He sucks. No, come on. 
Like if me, if I really I got got under the kid's skin, and me and him went toe to toe, you think he'd have a chance to beat me up? No, I think he's a dork, and I think he sucks as a wrestler too. Okay, I don't, he, he he seems like a stabber, you know. Uh, I think uh, I read yeah. I read somewhere on Twitter this wasn't a report of something he's done, but it was just someone's opinion of him. Basically. He, uh, they thought that he looked like the type of guy who'd go to gaming conventions and hit on underage girls. Okay. Um, so that's just um, the impression. How about how, how about um, AJ Styles? AJ strikes me as a pro wrestler. He seems like a phenomenal. Oh God, he's he is an incredible he's, he's from, athlete. He's from Georgia. I'm saying from in Georgia. the street fight, he's, in a fucking just, man up street fight. Do you think that AJ I mean, Styles would beat me up? It's just an honest question, and there's a reason why I'm asking. Just give me your cross. honest opinion. I think I, I think I, I mean I, I I agree with what Meef is saying. Like he's a good old Southern boy, and he's a strong one. So I think he would be able to hold himself. Um, okay, so you're saying country strong gives him the believability that he could beat up a a, a guy like me in a street fight. Yeah, that's it, it can, like, it's a great answer. With that something, you know, it's a great answer, and I actually. Randomly met AJ Styles in the middle of the woods once before. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I don't think he would actually ever. I don't. I. I don't think. Nine times out of ten, I think he would find a way to not fight. He seems like in real life, he's. Yeah. All right. What about Famous B? You think Famous B would beat me up in a street fight? Famous B would slap you silly. Yeah, I might could get in a couple of licks, but I think Famous B would probably take me. But my whole point is, and now do you really think that Zack Sabre Jr. would beat me up in a street fight? I think it will beat Brian up. Easy. Easy. Now it's a whole different conversation. Well, what I'm I think Zach, the I think he's, of wrestling. I think he's, I'm not saying I think that he's you very legitimate in his uh, okay, submission writing. I'll put it into one thing for you, right? And Helico. And Zack Sabre Jr. same build. Good. I mean, and Helico, I've seen them both wrestle actually each other. So they're both the same person in terms of build and wrestling style, in terms of like when they can do the mat work and submission work. And Helico's amazing at it. Each other. Right? Out of those two, who fucking kicks your ass? I mean, and Helico. Yeah. It's I was Zack Sabre Jr. Not even partially Zack Sabre Jr. But and Helico has a little bit of that like surfer, you touched my board, I'm gonna kick your ass to protect my territory kind of thing going on. You know? Yeah. And here and this is all I'm saying, Byron. I, I'm not saying that every guy in wrestling has to be the toughest guy out there. You know what I'm saying? You know, every wrestler is not fucking Masato Tanaka. But at the same time, for me to enjoy it. A certain level of believability if I'm giving you my suspension of disbelief that you are in a physical contest of overpowering another human being, there has to be a certain level of credibility and believability to that, or it has to be gimmicked a la Ellsworth the right way, you know, or Masquerita or something like it has to be gimmicked the right way for me to believe it. You've got to create the suspension of disbelief. Just because Zack Sabre Jr. can get in there and throw these crazy holds and slide all around somebody does not mean that he's going to put asses in seats. 
And for you guys that enjoy him and that buy his merch and go out there and, and go to his matches and enjoy it, God bless you. And I'm glad that you like him. I'm glad that he's making money. I don't wish ill on any performer that's out there risking their body and putting themselves on the line for our entertainment. I don't wish the guy ill at all. But for me, I find him as a wrestler to be thoroughly unbelievable. His demeanor, that's the, main point. the way that he looks in the ring, the way he starts matches off to, there's no level of physical intimidation whatsoever. So by the end of the match, when he's tying dudes up in fucking knots and doing his weird shit, I don't give a fuck. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just is like, okay, so the guy knows how to do some stuff. He, he should be in Cirque du Soleil, not a fucking pro wrestling ring. No, that's Ricochet. No, Ricochet Ooh. is more physically intimidating to me than Zack Sabre Jr. No, but he does the flips. Zack Sabre uh, Jr. doesn't do any flips. I didn't say anything about flips. I said tying people up in knots. I didn't say flips. Mm -hmm. I said flips on Twitter earlier. Cirque du Soleil, I don't know. What Cirque du Soleil has people who crawl in and out of holes and do acrobatic type stuff, things with their body and contortionists. They're not all fucking flippy guys in Cirque du Soleil either. You're stereotyping, Byron. I am. I'm saying that his what, athletic what ability being represented as a world-class fighter that should be able to take on, you know, even a cruiserweight, you know, type guy or intercontinental level type. No, I don't buy it. I just don't buy Zack Sabre Jr. Now, show me some of the matches. We'll talk about it. We'll finish the conversation next week. You say that there's some great stuff he's done in the G1. I'm not caught up on G1 right now. I promise everyone I will watch. And then for the next episode, we can continue the debate and I'll see if I've changed my fucking mind. Is that uh, fair? Um, I think that's fair. I think, I think, hold on me. If I think this G1 okay. has been, I think a lot of people, a lot of uh, new Japan wrestlers have um, gotten like their new character refresher on this G1. Uh, Just don't say, don't better. say switch play. I love Switchblade. I love no, what he's doing. No, shut up. Weren't you fucking yeah. bagging on Switchblade after Wrestle Kingdom? Well, he's a he's a he's been a work in progress, and he fucking showed up at the G One. It's like they had this new direction. They had to finish the program with Juice, and then now he's off doing his thing, and everything he's doing in the G One is great. And I think Zack Sabre Junior. He's in Japan. Can he just fucking hit the roids already and do something about that fucking dad bod? Juice is, juice is jacked. No, I'm saying Jay. Jay? Yeah. Who's... Um, I'm so lost. Look. Jay White? Yes. You think Jay White has a dad? Who do you think Jay White is? Don Jay. Callis is the announcer. Do you think Jay White is one of the announcers? Kevin Kelly? <laughs> no. Don Callis could use a little bit of the juice these days too, though his new haircut is certainly better. I want to say though, my biggest notice anniversary since uh, someone here brought up Don Callis is how sharp he looked and how he was positioned uh, sitting at the table in front of Josh Matthews and never once looked at him when he talked to him. That must have been the best part of his job. To <laughs> never have to look at Josh Matthews or acknowledge he was there. 
anyway um yeah it just there's a lot of there's a lot of um wrestlers a lot of characters really get in development even like yoshihashi is like way more interesting he's still yoshihashi and he still sucks but he's a much better more motivated yoshihashi in this g1 than he's been you know when he, they used to call him the loose explosion you know, but and like Toro Yano is like he's trying to be a legitimate amateur wrestler. You know, he's trying to be the Zack Saber Jr. But all he does is well, he wants to cheat, and so that's a great story in every single match. It's awesome. You know, um, hit the highlight of his things was when he finally like he was against um, Suzuki, and the ref was uh, down because the ref interference is insane, and and uh, he went for a low blow, and Suzuki closed his knees, stopped him laughed his very scary cackle and then immediately picked him up and pile drived him and beat him it was great but you have that everyone has something they're doing besides trying to win the tournament and zach which Saber is Jr. good i mean do you do you remember two years ago it was early on the show we were still just doing the audio version when we were talking mm -hmm. about g1 and we were talking about how it was going to lead into wrestle kingdom and yeah. like pretty much was super obvious like the same feuds were going to continue coming out of it yeah. like nothing new happened out of it except kenny omega got elevated a little bit at the time yeah they're pretty much working him into the top four and but that was, was it that was it. yeah it was like the entire thing just existed for that yeah now, now so everyone is doing something later that it's really what you were more looking for back then that it's actually finally the moment of the year in new Japan where they're actually like building these new relationships and these new feuds so that they can go somewhere different by the time wrestle kingdom happens. Yeah. I think this is incredible. This is what they always should have done because you have so much going on. You even have, um, Okada. He does, he doesn't have the belt. He doesn't have his reign anymore, but there's something to talk about with him. That's more interesting now than Okada as champ. Now he has the pants. He has pink hair. He walks out with balloons. And then, more loop, I'm not going to lie. It's amazing. His theme changed a little bit. He yells Scooby Dooby Doo when he does a flying body press. When he walks past the announcers and Rocky Romero is standing up to high five him, Okada just bashes him with balloons. That's his best friend. Do you think he's having fun with it now that now that the pressure's off for a little bit? He's having a lot of fun. And it's and now everyone else that he fights gets to play off of it. You have like uh Maccabi, you know, he's trying to have a, a tough fight and he's looking at this lunatic with balloons and he's just like looking at him in disgust and he still is gonna lose to him because this guy is still better than him. Um Hangman Page said something that he wanted to face the real Okada, not uh not cocaine kazoo. <laughs> what? <laughs> but even even um hangman page um and to a lesser extent chase owens who chase owens is legit and i think if he got a better body like a better physical presentation then the then you know he would be he'd represent himself as good as his in-ring talent but hangman page is also getting a huge look he's proving himself here and you right. don't it, it helps that cody isn't in it it helps that uh you know he, as far as Gajans go, he's one of the top ones that's getting a look. But then you have Jay White um, as well. What he's doing, 
Now he's doing something interesting. Now he's a switchblade character. And that's what's different than before. Like he could tie his in-ring stuff together and work that along. I but hope for I hope for Jay White's own sake that he gets over really big this time. You know, he I, is. I mean, he, he's been getting there. Like I hope it keeps going for him because I just don't think that any of that gimmick would work stateside. If it wasn't connected to New Japan. Can I just uh, Yeah, jump in. That was a that was a great Slammiversary review. <laughs> We're going to go back to it. We have to. All right. Do, is there anything else you want to say about New Japan, Byron, since we got uh, into it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that I, I just. I know next time Casey's here. He's, uh, guys, Casey has yeah. been talking about the G1 about nonstop. He's all over it. Yeah. So next time here, we definitely have to go back into it. And hopefully, I'll be caught up by then, too. So, yeah, so there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, Jay White is really finding those heelish things that are specific to the Japanese culture that he's healing out. Like post matches, he'll take the ice pack away from his opponent, stuff like that. He's, you know, going against a lot of stuff. Uh, but then you have um, like Juice, Juice Robinson, who's cutting the best, the most Dusty Rhodes babyface promos of all time. And you watch his matches, right? But watch his promos and you get and you could see them in his matches. Like as it goes on, he's this flamboyant asshole running around. And as it goes on, you see him more focused. He'll walk to the ring and he's dressed like he's um, you know, like he's ah oh, fuck. Whatever. He's dressed like a fucking asshole bouncing around the ring. All right, and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? And then uh but Lately, he, he, I'm like, I'm not caught up, but I've got to a point where, where I've heard him cut promos. Like I need to start winning or I don't belong in like being an underdog. Isn't good enough. I have to start winning. I have to be at the level of the best, or I should just go home and fly to O'Hare and have my dad pick me up and sleep on the fucking couch. Like, it's like, you want to root for him and he's being real about his stuff and he's doing better in his matches and he's, participating with a broken left hand which is one of the left hook is one of his strongest moves and so he has uh, this battle also he's freshly the u.s champion he has a lot going on and i think i think he's doing amazing and his contract is supposedly up and people were, were saying wwe is interested and he was on record saying he's never ever going back and i don't know why he would you know, and so there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, I mean, and there's even more. Uh, Goto is still a fucking loser, and he's a never <laughs> champ. He's never going to win the big thing, and but he's going to put on some good matches, but no one's going to give a fuck about him. Um, uh, there's this, uh, the OG Bullet Club, the Tongans are revolting. I think that's kind of cool. But in watching how it's going, like Tama Tonga was my favorite before the started, and then he started talking, and I'm like, eh, let's watch another bad luck match. Oh, come on. See, I want to catch up now. All right. Okay. Hey, anyway, we, that's it. we jump into Impact, I got to send shout outs to everyone who bought the MMM show 100. 100! Who bought the shirt? Uh, Jason Kevin N, who I believe is 141. Um, Joe, was that you, Joe? Byron, Byron bought a shirt. 
Uh, yeah, my shirts are my pants. Yes, yes, in fact, we did get paid in uh, pound for that one. It Ooh. actually says it in pound that, profit. That thing's been in the country for a week, and it's still not here. Really? You still haven't gotten yeah. the actual shirt yet? Yeah, yeah, no. It, it according to Teespring, it was like it got to the UK last Friday. Dear Lord. Well, you do live in the like, middle of bumfuck, man. I mean, Joe lives way out well, of the it, fucking it, country. I've had some weird shit because I had some masks come from Marco, and that that said it landed like last Sunday, and then it did nothing until Friday. So I had to run <laughs> to the post office to pick it up. Good Lord. There's been some problems with our uh, international. See, everyone thinks it'd be great to live in the English countryside, and this is what you get. You don't get your masks and your T-shirts. Um, Brexit. I do believe that one of my shirts um, from out of the country made it into the country, except it's still on the other side of the country. Thanks, Hooventude. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the fucking shirt that's in Connecticut. Yeah, Thanks. you give me that address. Next time I'm in New York, I'll get a car and I'll pay a visit. Uh, me and Hoovy still got to talk about that one. Give him his own seal of approval. Um, okay, who else am I thinking here? Paula. Paula gets a big shout out. Our man, Paul. He gets a shout out. Um, Casey and Jim. Hey, look at that. Me. Um, Wendy. Adam. April. Lots of shirts were sold. Zachary. Um, so to everyone who made this our most popular selling shirt ever thank you and for uh all the talent and friends that were on the actual episode and who have helped us out i have a giant bag of shirts sitting here for you so if you were one of those people and you're listening now uh paul london sunny kiss thunder rosa uh vinny or we already talked to send me your uh dm me your addresses that you want the shirt sent to so i can get those mailed out sometime in the next five years because i'm on the road all the time myself we'll give it to you at the next lucha show <laughs> yeah yeah that's how you get it just let's make sure there is one that's why we got shirts for ev dub dj and roach too just make sure there actually is another lucha underground and then you guys can get your shirts um we held their last batch of shirts for over a year <laughs> yeah i think we we were the reason they came back to air that the season four started they heard rumors we were going to give their shirts away we like were we better, i actually we did better. Give one of their shirts away but we made it up to him i gave the roach shirt yeah. away and then we had he Kevin shirt away uh yeah i did that mm. too yeah. um but roach has a uh a very special limited edition one now for the saint patrick's day show shirt only a few people have anyway um let's talk impact and then let's get out of this thing i'm going to yeah. talk a little ufc after that but um not a whole lot to say but go let's get let's get some impact happening slammiversary they had the so wait did w- you hear about conor mcgregor's um court date no he went to court and all they did was give him a slap on the wrist mm. that was it i mean like he got some minor misdemeanor no time served no public no like no record for like all that shit with throwing the chair and like the Michael Chiesa shit and all that stuff. Now they left it open so that those people that he actually hurt can basically file suits against him. And I'm sure they will. And they'll probably win, but he got like the most minor, he pled guilty and got like the most minor thing ever out of the plea bargain. It's genius. So Conor McGregor is back and can fight again. Good. He needs to, whatever. I get it. He's selling tickets and he's selling this brand. He's also selling whiskey. Yeah. And Burger King. 
I mean, dude's going to be made out of money. But he needs a fight. I mean, like, if he wants to stay relevant, now's the time. It's been over a year since the Floyd Mayweather thing. Like, if, and, and a long time before that since an MMA fight. So if he wants yeah. to stay relevant, he's got to take some kind of fight. I don't care if it's another boxing fight or something. Like, if he just, like, look, even a Kardashian does something every now and then to stay in the fucking limelight. <laughs> Yeah, one of them gets pregnant for like a few months. Oh, yeah, like uh, Kim actually went and saw Donald Trump and actually she probably got the most politically out of that guy, his whole administration. Why can't she go and just say, hey, why don't you stop separating families? Whatever, whatever. Like, she imagine she killed him. Can you imagine if she'd killed him? That's <laughs> the best thing she could have done. If she, she killed him, they would have made sure he would have made Look, sure they had cameras actually, there. She actually accomplished getting him behind whatever her little cause was when she was there. That seemed like a nice dandy thing. So maybe what we all need to do as Americans now is lobby Kim Kardashian with our complaints and our issues and our good causes. And then she can take them to the president and they can be appropriately addressed. Maybe that is the yeah. new form of politics in the Amer in America. That's, I did think he, did so. he pay it to did he pay it to have sex with her? No, I he don't probably believe probably has though in the past. Is that, is that yeah? Is that no, the other women he like that's know. what she and that parasite used to do before? Yeah, they got but he doesn't use his real name when he does that, so it's okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Slammiversary. So Slam Don Callis Don Callis looked sharp. I loved how he is positioned uh in the foreground. You no, know, but with, with the UFC, like I don't think that Conor McGregor is the one that's going to be fighting Khabib next. Do you think that he should fight Khabib next? Because there's other challengers out there. Because the the Poirier Eddie Alvarez fight this week that Poirier won, I think that I think, puts Poirier right back in there, and he was calling him out. That would be that would be a great fight. Uh, Are they going to announce a Khabib fight? I mean, Khabib could fight a lot of guys. If I mean Ferguson's out with his leg thing right now. But yeah. I could see I could see the Poirier fight being interesting. I would do you also think Stipe is going to get a rematch. Or do you think Do you think, think that so. he's going to go back to his old job flipping burgers in Cleveland? No, no, he was a fireman. Actually, he still is a fireman. So it wasn't his old job; it's his current job. He never quit being no. an actual working yeah, fireman. So, like in Cleveland, you don't actually have to show up to work to get a, to be in that uh, job. If you're a union guy. Oh, I union, yeah, I get that. You know, I work with union. It is that kind of town. It's, it's that kind of town. <laughs> I'm not going to say that every blue collar guy in Cleveland is a really hardworking guy because some of them might not have to be. I uh, oh, on my on my flipping shows, we did one house with union workers, and that was the first one where we showed up one day, and it was like a hundred people there, and like five of them working. Look, I know a lot of union guys that really are hardworking guys that deserve yeah. every single thing. But I know a few of them that take advantage of the rules, too. I wish I had a union and belonged to one. I need to, I need to move to America because your unions are different than here. Yeah. Yes, they are. They're, especially in cities like Detroit and Cleveland and St. Louis and anywhere in New Jersey. Hey, you see that body? What, what was it last night or the night before? There, I'm forgetting the names. Because I don't know anything about MMA, but there was this incredible body blow that ended the match, where um, they were in mid ring throwing, and then one guy just went and that got a caught a guy right below their sternum, and the guy for a second was like, "I'm tough," and then after that he's like, "No, I'm not," and now he went and the, just it might have been the Poirier Eddie Alvarez fight. I mean, that's kind of how that. Oh, ended. Eddie! Eddie knocked him right. Eddie threw the punch. 
Well, no, Eddie. So what happened was Eddie was actually doing pretty good. And then he did like yeah. this move with the 12 to six elbows. Um, but even Poirier said it didn't hit him. It kind of like hit him on the shoulder. But because he had to move for it to hit him on the shoulder and not in the head, the ref kind of stopped things and stood them up. And from there, yeah. then Poirier got a couple body shots in and then just like peppered him with repeated left hands. And next thing you know, they're on the fence and Poirier puts uh, Eddie down and they stop the fight. So Dustin Poirier got the 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 KO win, the TKO win. Um, great ending. And then uh, Casey's favorite, Joanna Jinjacek, fought uh, the tiny tornado, Tisha Torres. That's a lot of T's, a lot of alliteration there. Um, and Joanna Jinjacek came back and was looking strong. And uh, Jose Aldo also had a great fight. Um, and then my boy, uh, Olivier Albon Mercier, uh, he lost sadly in front of his hometown crowd. But anyway, it was a really good UFC. Um, and finally, they gave Calgary and Fox a decent card, which was nice to see for a change with the UFC because Calgary had gotten burned on their main event a few years back, and then it ended up being just a shit card. And then like all these Fox UFC events have like ever since the first one that had like a title match on it or whatever have just been kind of lame. But this one was like all a bunch of former champions or local heroes and like a really good card with really good fights. I have a question for you. What is a 12? I know it's, it's a rule that was enforced it's correctly, but what's elbow. a 12 to six elbow and why is, why is it a bad thing? Well, especially, you know, the rules for elbows have gone back and forth. Like states yeah. like Illinois for a while had no elbows at all. So even on the ground, you couldn't throw elbows. You couldn't throw elbow strikes. Just no kind of elbow moves. They're they're Why very is that? vicious because uh, elbows just it's harder and you know the way they connect, especially in MMA compared to Muay Thai. Like with Muay Thai, you're throwing elbow strikes at distance, at range, and you have to swing into them, and mm -hmm. they do cause a tremendous amount of of impact. But the problem in MMA that a lot of people had was there's no recoil between your head being on the mat and an elbow. You know, so you're just smashing head to face to floor and really compacting it in there. And you can lean down yeah. into it. Whereas with kickboxing or something and you're standing and you throw an elbow, it's different. So people have been always up in the air with the whole elbows and MMA thing. Um, I read uh, the, the universal rules came yeah. down was you can do elbows to a grounded opponent. But the 12 to 6 elbow where you're basically just dropping the hammer straight down from top to bottom, especially on the top of someone's head or the, to the back of someone's head is completely yeah. illegal. Now it's the, it's the form of elbow that is not allowed because the impact of just smashing someone to bits like that um, is just not, not right. <laughs> yeah. So that was well, the call was that he was attempting to do one of those. So they stood him up and he lost his position. That's interesting. Um, I heard Baz Rutten say uh, many years ago, and I can't give specifics, but he was promoting some fighting league or show he was a part of and how he was promoting that they outlawed elbows because they cut too easily and you stop fights when you bleed over the eyes. They do. They do, especially they, a lot in Muay Thai where you can get those clinches and bring somebody in close. And then the whole thing that you're trying to do with your elbows, you're trying to take this point and you're trying to cut them, especially across – the tighter spots in the forehead. Yeah. You're not even trying to really impact them and knock them out with an elbow. You're trying to cut them. That's the way they teach. That's the way I was taught elbows for kickboxing. Anyway, why are we yeah. talking about MMA, Byron? I thought you were going to tell us about Slammiversary. 
No, I really like this body blow uh, from Calgary. Uh, I, yeah, it was uh, Aldo. Um, oh, it was the Aldo match. Yeah, that was that was pretty vicious too. Yeah, and he he was crying afterwards. He came from behind, and it's just he hit. I mean, it was like Brock getting kicked in the liver, where he just it didn't look like much, and then he crumbled. Um, Jeremy Stevens just can't catch a break. Yeah, but yeah, little, uh, Aldo celebrating afterwards. The way he was crying and everything, it was like he thought he was never going to win a fight again. It's kind of amazing. Like at first, I felt kind of touched for him, and then I was like, "You are bitchified. What happened to you? <laughs> like you just you look like a guy who had absolutely zero faith in himself until this very moment. Like no wonder you got your ass kicked by Conor McGregor. Well, you look at his stats. He it was his first non-title fight since. Oh, he his first non-title fight win since June two thousand nine. His first finish since two thousand thirteen. Yeah, I mean he's been on a slump. Yeah, but and mostly because of Conor McGregor. But he anyway. lost. He has two losses to some guy named Max Holloway. That the, says it all. The current featherweight <laughs> champion. I don't know. I don't know who people are. He's from Hawaii, bro. <laughs> anyway. Slammiversary. Tell me about Slammiversary. Tell me your thoughts, or do I have to get into it? You sure? Yeah, I want okay. to talk about the Eddie Edwards thing. I want to talk about... Yeah, okay, so first match was like a Nitro opener where you have the fast luchadors doing something quick and fast, you know, except they had all mostly main eventers. You had Phoenix, you had Mundo, you had Petey Williams, and you had um, the... Um, you had Tai Chi... Uh, fuck. You had a bullet. My brain isn't working. The Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. No. Ishimori. Yeah, Ichimori. But what's now? What's uh? I forgot his bullet club name. Bone soldier. Bone soldier. Bone soldier. I don't know why I forgot bone that. Bone soldier. Today he's a bone soldier, and it was just off, It was off the wall. It was awesome. It was everything you wanted, and it was great. It could yeah, have you know what I, you know what's weird? I felt like it was as good as a AAA opening match, and I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, but imagine that with like main eventers, you right? Know? Oh, and I almost was, halfway felt like those guys were like in Phoenix was like, "Fuck all these kids in Mexico are making us look bad with opening matches. Let's yeah. have one here." Yeah, like Phoenix and Mundo, like they're backstage at a AAA show. Um, anyway, so it was great. I really enjoyed how everyone got their shit in. They all got their finishes in, but they all like they all did them once, and then it finished the match. So yeah. it made sense. And I liked um, I liked Mundo going over too. I liked how Mundo was selling for everyone. It yeah. seemed really, and we've seen him do this in the Lucha Underground before. This was the moment compared to his previous Impact run. I feel like. Again, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Lucha Underground before of like people know that it has a little bit of a limited shelf life or it may not be the end all. I felt like this was the moment that that Morrison, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Impact, Johnny gimmick name, really took it to the next level on behalf of Impact. I feel like after seeing this match that he's really a part of their product now, that he actually cares about it. That it's not just a stopover. It's not just some holding area for him. That just like he did for those first two seasons, especially of Lucha Underground, he's going to put his focus into Impact now. 
I could be wrong, but something about this match just made me feel that way. Like he was showing out in a different way than he has yeah. on Impact before. Well, in his promo on 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 the next week's show on Impact, where he cut a promo, explained why he was gone. In 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 that explanation, he put over impact talent and said he's back to make you know to do his thing and to yeah. get back it's like it was unnecessary but he, he didn't did that. say that he was going to uh film survivor <laughs> oh is he on survivor yeah that's why he was gone Johnny <laughs> yeah. Goliath, wasn't it? yeah you see it's unconfirmed Johnny, uh, johnny survivor so johnny that was that was great the next match was tessa and ali and I thought that match was, I thought it was a great effort. It's the best that I've seen of Allie in Impact. It felt like an old school main event match with how okay, they Okay, but tell me you weren't in tears listening to Don Callis call her um, her top rope crossbody or whatever she did from the apron to the floor. Did you hear him call in that spot? I mean, he was just like, yeah, it wasn't the best, but it was a great effort. Like, yeah, oh, it, it was like it did a. Look great. I mean, it, it was, was a, like uh, it wasn't it, pretty, was but it like, did something. Did something. Yeah. Well, that's why I said great effort. I think they put a lot into it, and I think that's the best I've seen, Allie. I think, though, I mean, but to be Tessa quite really honest, wrote it out of her. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I mean, I think I think that you know who the worker was there. But yeah. the work was done, and it was done very, very well. I think the video package leading into it was also really good. Yeah, I mean, all you, video I mean, packages have been really good recently. All of them on the show were great. Uh, but if you've seen Allie wrestle on Impact, she does better than what you would expect to see on, you know, maybe WWE. Even though they're getting better, uh, but they don't let their female wrestlers really go at it like Impact always has. Um, but she also isn't on the same level as like as a Tessa, as a Gail Kim, you know, as no, as, and I just don't that, she's been getting in a lot more time. Um, yeah. you know, but she showed up. Yeah. Um, I would say though, at the end, um, I think a more more experienced wrestlers or more experienced whoever, I think the refs at at, at Impact are non existent and they suck. Um so many times they'll blatantly watch uh or see something like uh, interference and then they don't do anything like try and find whatever. Anyway. Uh, but there was this one spot where they did, um, uh, I'll agree with you too, by the way, because, um, even though I know this is jumping the gun a little bit, the ref switch in the, uh, Penta, uh, Sammy match, you could, one of it, it was painful. Like you first, you had a ref who like was barely calling the match, didn't know what to do or how to proceed because they were obviously going to go with a more hardcore rules kind of style. And he just, he didn't know how to ref that kind of match. You could tell, but then you switch to this other ref at the end of the match and he's doing the over exuberant, like pointing out moves kind of thing and jumping up Charles Robinson. Oh my God. But like way more over the top than that. And it was like, first of all, both of those things suck. Second of all, putting them both in the same match so you're showing the juxtaposition of two things that suck even more just hurt my fucking head. They okay, need now, now we can go back, but I yeah, just, just go to your point. Yes, it got even Ref worse on impact too. So, uh, but I think there's this one spot where they, they did a top Odie. Odie would be great at impact. Has he ever done impact? I don't know. Odie Brown? 
he'd be awesome there. I know there. You know, I know that's there. Fucking Marty, he's not booked. He could go there. Odie could, could go, go there. there. I wouldn't want to see Borden go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, Borden would be good, but I mean, I don't know if he would. The the SoCal refs were all good, and I think Marty would be great because he also knows like half the rest. Of, I mean, he could go there with Mundo and and do Mundo's matches. Well, because Marty's uh, not really a SoCal ref. I mean, he's he's more no, he's legit. WWE ref. Yeah, um, he'd be great. Over but there. Uh, there was a uh, there was a top rope Rana where Tessa let, it was a little bit of a fumble, but it ended up looking vicious where Tessa dropped Allie right on her fucking head, and the whole crowd went, "Oh, like." That's it. And I feel like that they should have called it on the fly, finished it there, especially when it turned out that that was the end of the match. Like they should have stopped it there and had that awesome finish. Um, Again, you need refs to do that. And you also need a yeah. like gorilla to call that. Cause all they, yeah. And, but I was watching them like that should have been a finish. They kept going. All right, let's see what they got. All they well, did after also, that was also they didn't sell long and hard enough either. Yeah. And and which gives you the time to make those adjustments and those calls. Um, yeah, but it was good. So, it was a good match. Yeah, just to finish that, all Probably they had the after that on the whole card, though. But a good match. Probably it was still a good match. Yeah, all they did after that one move though was they they had a trade finisher sequence, which like if they had something more, I'd say okay, you had something more. But a trade finisher sequence. Look, the moral of the story is. I like Allie a little bit more and I like Tessa a lot more than I did a month ago. Right now, speaking of liking something. Oh, also they did not do a post-match replay on the finish, which I feel is a little disrespectful. Yeah, but I don't think you they, should. they didn't really know how to. Well, like the, you should show uh, instant replay of the finish of the match Maybe. before you go to the next segment. Live broadcast but, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but what they so that's over with. They went to a Moose promo who was wearing the most pimp jacket. I need to get that. Um, Moose continues to be, as far as I'm concerned, an unpolished diamond. I wrote that down, so that's why it sounds smart. Nope. Also, I disagree, but we'll talk about when we get to his match. I think Moose is awesome. I think though, I mean, he's super green, but I think he has a charisma about him. Yeah, we'll see. He looks like his fucking heads. his corner drop kicks. Look, I, I mean, do you want to talk about the Moose match now, or you want to keep going okay. in order? Let's get there. Let's get there. I got things to say about Moose, but I mean, I'm, let's I'm get there. Let's get there. So now we have Dreamer and Eddie Edwards. This is the match where I started actually giving a shit. Like him and Sammy, I figured out who Eddie Edwards was. This is who this is now I give a shit about Eddie Edwards. And can I have a question for you, Mr. ECW? Can Tommy yes. Dreamer cut a promo or be part of a promo, narrate a promo package that is not soaked in emotion that brings you in and makes you give a shit about it? Can he do that and not bring you in? Um I don't know that Tommy Dreamer has the ability to fail in the promo department anymore. <laughs> He cut some weak sauce ones way, way early on in his career. But for pretty much the last 20 years, Tommy has been nothing but perfect, pitch perfect at pulling heartstrings and pulling you in. I mean, look, people give two shits about Eddie Edwards now. It was like first he got fucking popped in the head by Sammy Callahan and everyone was like, ooh, who was on the other end of that? Oh, it was this Eddie Edwards guy. 
And then people started knowing his name. Not that some people didn't know him before then, but a lot more people knew him after Sammy Callahan accidentally bashed his fucking head in, you know? And then of course, Sammy did a great job of healing out on them. And then I think that the, the booking over at TNA did the right thing, which was fuck. This can only go so far. Like, I don't, I still don't think that they, I still don't think that they did the blow off between Sammy and, and Eddie the right way. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they were correct in the fact that they had to figure a way out of it. And Tommy Dreamer was the perfect way to do that. None of the other mid-caliber kind of talent at Impact would have done that. I think the only other guy that they could have possibly gotten Eddie Edwards out of that feud the right way with would have been Eli. That would have been the only other option to me. Yeah. Um, but but thank God they had Tommy Dreamer because it's so much smoother and easier with Tommy. Tommy yeah. can do the best friend thing. Everyone hates it when someone turns on Tommy because he's being so altruistic and so blue collar down to earth of like, bro, you just got to do this and this and we'll get him next time. <laughs> like Tommy was doing all the right yeah. shit once. And then Eddie did the turn on it the right way and bringing his lady in did, you know, totally helped as much as that's a complete McMahonism. Look, being honest, a lot of McMahonisms just work and that one fucking mm-hmm. worked. And the whole feud built great. And then, you know, the blow off is perfect. It's a hardcore match. It's Tommy Dreamer. It's a young guy who needs to make a name bashing Tommy Dreamer with garbage cans. Can you go wrong? It was great. They did all the, like, there are certain parts. This is a great card, great show. But there's certain parts where you can tell there's a veteran presence. Like, you have a Pentagon Sammy match. That's a good match, but it's not going to be super great because they're not like 30 year veterans, you know, they, they, so there's an argument over about psychology and wrestling matches, but it's a very fucking real thing. And you see it in this match, you see it where Tommy doused the table in lighter fluid, but he didn't get didn't, the light in. No, no the one, crowd was you know so what that they were still screaming for fire three matches later because of that. That means. No matter what, when 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 Eddie gets the best of Tommy and Tommy passes a hardcore torch, the cane, to Eddie, right? Like, Eddie earned it. Eddie is the next guy, but Eddie's still a fucking asshole. And you remember that next time you see him, I don't like Eddie because he stopped the table from being lit. Right. Exactly. It was perfect. Again, ring psychology and well done. And I'm glad you said cane, by the way, because Josh Matthews couldn't fucking figure out how to get that right and i can't believe with callus sitting right next to him we didn't slap him in the head the second he said stick they referred to it as a kendo stick with tommy dreamer in the fucking ring it's a singapore cane when tommy dreamer's in the fucking ring god damn it i know it's a kendo stick you know it's a kendo stick but as soon as you take that little plastic guard off and it's just the fucking the blank it's a singapore cane god damn it Remember your fucking wrestling history, Matthews, you stupid son of a bitch. Hey, who's the Lucha Underground champion? Oh, you dumb motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm expecting him to remember something that's an important piece of wrestling history from 20 years ago, and he can't even remember who the current champion at the, you know, tied in promotion is who's standing right in front of him. But whatever the fuck. You- you could see why Callis was like, I'll sit next to Josh Matthews, but I have to be somehow in front of him so I never have to look at him. And you know I can't. What, 
I think commentary has gotten so much better recently. Yeah, like, Callus is a big I part feel of it. Like Callus must be sitting there just like every now and then just reaching over and grabbing his wrist so that Josh shuts the fuck up. Because Josh <laughs> would over talk through a match and yeah. Stryker does too, but like when Stryker does it, is at least over talking with things that are mostly factually correct or mildly interesting. Matthews does it, and it's just the same old wrestling nonsense that we've been hearing for 40 years and not even a good version of it. So annoying. Yeah. Like, and I want to like Matthews because I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's trying to do a good job. But let, let me just say, it's a lot more enjoyable right now. He's better in a hot crowd because he tries to oversell when the crowd is down, and that's just stupid. Yeah. Um, hot crowd makes everything better. Hot crowd is so much like his style is not a style that can go with a dead crowd because he is more like striker. He wants to be exuberant. He wants to be loud. He wants to be yelling at his microphone the whole time. Um, and that just doesn't work when the impact zone is dead. Like you hear Josh Matthews yelling at the top of his lungs for a women's match when the whole crowd is dead in the middle of Orlando in the summer heat. And it's just stupid, but whatever. It's stupid. Okay, Dallas, next match. Go next match. What do you got? Uh, next match is uh, Sidal and Cage. Your third eye versus the Machine. Um, I thought the promo was carried by Matt Sidal, and I think you know with Cage going over, um, it was good to let him shine. I thought it was okay. I think he did pretty good. I think um, it was. It was sadly it was a cooler match. It should have been the women's match, but it wasn't. It was this one, and yeah. uh, I feel bad for Cage too. Like I felt. For some reason, this match didn't feel special. And I think they went out there and they wrestled yeah. fine. Um, and th for all the hype that they got, that they put into Cage, maybe the cross promos have been stealing it. Maybe the the Sammy Penta thing stole his heat. I don't know, but he had some great heat. Maybe he didn't though, because they're giving him the same kind of push that they're giving Moose at the same time. But Moose is getting the title shot at the top of the ladder, and Cage is getting the X division thing. I and think Cage is like getting a Samoa Joe push. Which is fine. He's got to run with that. And, and he's every bit the same as Samoa Joe, where he's oversized for the division, but he can still go with the high flyers, base for them, make them look good, and do some of that kind of stuff himself on top of the power moves, just like when Joe was doing the muscle busters and whatnot. I feel like Cage uh, is a very good version of that, minus the submission holds. Yeah, um, and that could be a problem because Cage is more into power spots and whatnot, and I don't know how that's going to play in the X division. I th we'll well, we've seen him in Lucha Underground with Luchadors. Um, yeah, but he's I, also I, got some bigger guys to go toe to toe with yeah. too, between Macias and Cobb and those guys. Mac and yeah, and but how about this? I mean, like I thought my like immediately I see in this match. Uh, Seidel go face to face with Cage, slap him around. Like immediately, he shows that he's not physically um, inferior, or he's going to impose himself right. on this guy. Like you look at the match, you know Cage is going to win. You know Cage is going to put this kid in the hospital. And I think the match, the story of the match, wasn't trying to convince you who was going to win, or you know, trying to find out who would win. It was how much of a fight the kid is going to put up. And I think they did a good job with that. I think um, there's some smaller guys like uh, Eli Everfly has done some indie matches against Cage, and I don't think he has any business competing. Like he can job to him, but I don't think he has business. I mean, I'm 
it's it's art you know he can they can find a way but i think that it's a problem when you have a guy like cage who's that big and strong and fast and agile and can do the lucha stuff too and then you go well in what category does a guy like matt seidel um how, where does he beat cage at then well but and, here's the thing here's the thing what they have to do and what everyone else in the X division has to understand is it is like Samoa Joe, where what you're doing is you're elevating the whole division. You're making these little guys look better by being able to stand in there with a Brian cage. And he's got a cell form. Like I want to yeah. see PD Williams hit a Canadian destroyer on Brian cage. Yeah. You want to see side get in there and, and maybe get off a power move on cage. Maybe, you know, the, the, that's how you close promote the division. Seidel did great. He came close to winning, and it if he right. That and, and and then what's going to make the division great is okay. So now's the time to bring back one of those great gimmick X division matches. Yeah. Not immediately, maybe two pay per views from now, but have that big moment where it takes some gimmicked four way match with some suspended X from the sky to mm -hmm. take the belt off a cage. Yeah. And make him get in there and perform. Make him drop from the ceiling. Make him do some crazy shit. And he'll yeah. do it. He's yeah, only got I, a few years left of that shit himself before Vince picks him up and turns him into some, you know, not as big, you know, mid-card monster guy, you know, where he'll live out the rest of his career once his knees go. So God bless Cage. Let's get those fucking two years out of the guy right now. Let's do it at Impact. Let's do it in Lucha Underground. Mm -hmm. Give the guy his run. Yeah, and, and like you said, I think him as X Division champ really opens a lot of doors um, to get those people over and to do a whole lot of new things. And hopefully that that match, hopefully they bring that match back. That was always fun. Um, so they did Austin Aries promo for the Moose match. Uh, I love Austin Aries. He's a prick. I wouldn't like him <laughs> a person, I'm sure, but he knows pro wrestling and he's able to shit talk Moose and call Moose a bitch in a way where you you start rooting for moose and i really wanted moose to win i know austin's gonna win and i really want austin to win but austin did you really want you know, moose to win i mean i kind of well, didn't I just, care and how do we get to the I, title I, match you know you skipped over a couple of things there right? no 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 they they threw this promo in oh, real quick because they threw him and then after the match they threw in a moose promo because it's they were making it a bigger deal um no, I just I think Austin Aries does a great job promoting promoting his opponent, and he really was selling me on Boost. Um, so then you have the Sue Young Madison Rain promo. I thought it was okay. I think the Sue Young stuff and the horror movie vibe that they're doing is great. And again, I love the use of vignettes. I love how they use vignettes on the show enough to where when they put these promos together, they really help color the promos. You have non-match stuff between. The, the two wrestlers to throw in to heighten the drama and tell the story. And I, I think like that's so great. I, I, I like them not being the reality style promos that WWE is doing backstage. That seemed to be the yeah. all WWE is doing. Like break the wall a little bit. Do it like do it cinematic style, you know, where people are seeing reflections of weird stuff and, yeah. you know, doing these vignettes with the ghostly figures dancing around and weird shit like it makes it more interesting and no one's really doing that right now <clears throat> absolutely the velveteen dream promo the that most recent one yeah the known it was like so 90s it was amazing 
I've only saw a, a little bit of it on the tweet machine, but I didn't watch that episode. Yeah, Velveteen is doing some cool stuff. Um, sorry, my cat is getting near a bunch of cables. I'm watching you. Uh, Was that but, a mad t-shirt? That is a mad t-shirt, you son of a bitch. What's up, motherfucker? I got a call from Hoover dude. He was like, you want a juicy shirt? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, no problem. Don't even give me your address. I'll get it to you. Um, yeah, no, but like Velveteen Dream is like there, it's like a promo. They do some weird stuff with lighting, which is cool, but it's not the show. The show isn't operating on that level. And that's something that TNA and Impact have been doing for a while since before Lucha Underground. Um, but also, as you'll see with some of the Sammy Callahan stuff, they're also continuing that final impact type stuff where they're going to have fights, um, off you know, outside of the ring, which I think is great. Uh, this Sue Young stuff, when she first, like, I thought she was great on the Indies. She had a cool look um, and a cool sort of gimmick she had going. And I thought when she started at Impact, it was cool, but it wasn't camera ready, as in timing and, like, how to get the right shots. It wasn't right. directed. And it's I gotten agree. a lot it's gotten a lot better. I was even feeling that, that with, the, with the Shotzi Blackheart debut, too, like, it's yeah. the same thing. Like I think Shotzi will be great eventually, but right now it just needs to be worked out a little bit differently yeah. for camera. Well, in WWE, they figure that shit out before they put you on. That's why it takes so long to get some people on TV. Well, that's why they keep you off for so long too. Impact can't yeah. really afford to do that. They're paying you to come in. They're fucking using you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and also with the horror movie stuff aspect of the promo, I think it's good, but I think it's like, it's still like 70 to 80% of, of okay, but what it should Did you, you know? care about the actual match? I cared about the match, but it was I did okay. Too. I'm just I'm I'm not asking because you shouldn't have or didn't. I'm just that's the real question. Yeah, that is the question. I mean, to me, it, uh, um, but the thing is, uh I mean, I like Madison Rain from what she was doing before. You know, I, I think she's here to put Sue Young over. She's not all that exciting to me anymore. I respect what she's done. To me, this match and everything was about Sue Young honing her presentation. You know, well, yeah. Instead now, of the match, mind, that was that was the the Mickey James thing too. It's like, oh, we'll bring back Mickey just to uh, build up Oscar before we give her a real push on the on the big show. Yeah, you know? and it was and, a well, now, look. It's been a year and a half later or whatever, and Mickey James, like, I can't imagine that women's division without her. Yeah. Mickey's awesome. Could so, Madison you know, be in that department? Do you think she's, she's that level veteran? I don't think she was ever that level of a competitor. Well, I don't think that was her purpose. I think she contributed in a big way, but in a different way. Gail Kim was having matches with Awesome Kong, and the beautiful people were doing their own thing that was entertaining. It was right. a different flavor on the show. But... um but uh, oh, this is the, this is one of the dumb ref things where I loved Sue Young's entrance was was better. I loved the um, bridesmaids, the zombie bridesmaids, and how sometimes they'd run in and interfere. And I think that was a cool uh, thing and it added a little bit of chaos and excitement every time. It all just uh, makes me want Daphne Younger back. But go ahead. I know, but I don't think she could wrestle. I think TNA killed her. I don't know if she could ever wrestle, but that's beside the point. I love the character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, she was she was the best in the original. 
so the coffin entrance was also being carried in and rising out of the coffin. That was fucking sick. And there was, you know, great timing and how, you know, she you love these coffin entrances. This is like the processional for grave consequences to me. I where I'm just it. like, oh, I get it. Let's get to the fucking match. But they're all there and it adds a little bit of extra. But I still oh, come think on. I like, still think that yeah. her timing isn't there for TV. Like when she did the Muda Mist. She didn't really cock the gun before she shot it, you know? Like, you, by the time that spot was over, you didn't know what happened. And the ref is watching a bridesmaid hold Madison Rain at ringside. Also, but then the real question then is, if that's, if that's your criticism, then the real question is, let's figure out who is agenting the women's matches over at Impact right now. Yeah. Because that's, that's who's got to step up their game. Yeah, they've got to inspire these young ladies to get that timing right, to learn that stuff, and to hit it spot on on TV. When when you've only got them three or four days a month to work with, right? I mean, the thing is, the mist should be a cool spot, and it's not over at all. So, you know, then why right. do it unless it's going to be over? And then um, my only other thing is her uh, mandible claw continues to suck. The thing well, with this the one was weird. It came from like the the like the back. Went or the something? wrong way. Or was that the one on the impact the next week? I don't know. Whichever one Fuck. I just watched yeah. was horrifyingly bad. No, this one. Like, uh, what was that? Was this. That's yeah, this one. Match? Was that the finisher? This was the finish, yeah. and it was a little weird. And in it being positioned weird, they had an opportunity where it looked unique, and they could have done something. But ultimately. It was just put in a way where you don't have leverage for the actual claw, and it was treated like a choke. Right. How is it sold like a choke? It was bad. Madison Rain passed out from a soft hand in her mouth. Well, hey, look, we know some people that work at Impact, so let's just send word to whoever the agent is on this match without blowing up anybody's spot to just uh, put some time in with the girls. We're not convinced yeah. yet. Sell us on it. We'll, we're watching. You got us watching. Keep us watching. Let's smooth out the kinks there, guys. Stop doing the mandible claw when like you can't even Look, squeeze the gimmick's out not of go away. The gimmick's not going to go away at this point. They're too invested in it. They just have to make the gimmick good. Okay, make it look like it hurts. It doesn't even tickle. Yeah. All right. So okay, what, so what's the next anyway, match? Let's get off this match. Uh, I want to. I want to. I want to know your opinion about this because you mentioned these guys too. This is another part where you see this is a veteran presence who knows psychology, who knows presentation in matches, in wrestlers, and in shows. This whole thing stands up from the wrestler show. It was fucking awesome. The promo was great. The promo was unlike any other promo on the show. What are you talking and, about? The LAX. LAX. Yeah, I thought the whole I thought the whole thing was it was like these guys are like, I don't care what show we're on. We're going to put together something awesome. And and you're talking about a show that's already had a hardcore match and you weren't thinking about with Tommy Dreamer. Yes, you weren't thinking about it at all when this match started, were you? No, because they had those promos led into it, got you into a whole new ring psychology. Doesn't matter. Could have been a complete repeat of that other match. And by the time it happened. I wasn't thinking about Eddie Edwards or Tommy Dreamer one single bit being on the same card, only two matches apart. It's why Conan can burn every single bridge and then walk back over it two years later and get a job because yeah. he has one of the best minds in the business. I wonder I wonder if he'll ever get over the ECW burned bridge. I don't I don't know if that one or the, not the ECW, the WWE. 
No, the Lucha Underground one. Oh, Lucha. Oh. He's been backstage at uh, WWE a couple times. I don't think that he's yeah. ever going to go back there because they don't really have a need for him. But honestly, yeah. honestly, I could even see them bringing Conan back for a little bit of something if they were going to put him in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. And they might. Because he is such a big part of the fact that any American wrestling promotion got Lucha Libre at all. Yeah. You know? Which to me is still funny because Conan himself is so not a Lucha Libre style performer. Yeah. <laughs> at all. And even in Mexico when he was wrestling the Lucha Libre guys, he was he was the base. He was the strong style base guy. He was yeah. never doing what the other guys were doing. He was just there to catch and do power moves and to make to show off all the guys' other skills. He was more like Taz. If there was a Lucha Taz. Yeah. And and like Steve Payne kind of is nowadays, you know? Yeah. Well, but I want to know um, uh, what you thought of the promo about how, I mean, it, it was... I've been loving the whole build up to this whole thing. The whole thing yeah. was very transparent in a lot of ways. Um, a very old school booking. Conan likes his swerves. Felt very uh, NWO, black and white versus red and black kind of thing did not matter i mean this is why some gimmicks never fucking die because if you do them right they are great and and king amazing promos coming out of this guy right now like who knew who would who would have thought that king would be cutting these kind of promos right now where some of his stuff is outshining conan's just on the mic the master of the verbal gyms conan you know and I, I don't think he's got any problem with it. I think he's I think he's proud of the guy and and giving him the time to shine. And yeah. and finding a way that if needed to the the genius part about this whole thing and the whole setup was Conan found a way to get himself over by making himself not relevant. He's the least relevant thing in the whole feud and you don't feel that way. You know, he was gone for the whole middle chunk of it, which was him being taken out and King taken over and this, that, and the other thing. And then he comes back and he kind of slow rolls back into it and gets the, the young bucks back on his side or whatever. And it leads to a perfect opportunity for them to still swerve him again later and get him out of there when he's too busy at AAA or somewhere else. Like the whole thing's brilliant. Yeah. And the way it translated in the ring, the in-work stuff was great. Even fucking Hernandez, God bless that guy. Yeah, he he went he put out all the tricks. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who's getting up there in years. He's put on a little bit of weight. He's <laughs> his knees aren't the best they've ever been, but he knew when to do it. Like this was the right style match for him. It was the right time. It was great TV exposure for him back on TV. And he's been showing up in AAA. And him and Conan are on good terms right now. And you know, which hasn't always been the case, as anyone can mm -hmm. tell you. And things are flowing for him. And and this is what you have to do in the wrestling business. When you get opportunities like this, someone's putting you on a pay-per-view or somebody's putting you on TV somewhere, you have to take advantage of it. Sean Hernandez did that. Yeah, it was great. And I just, I appreciate, uh, you know, something that Chris Jericho had talks about um, when he talks about his new Japan stuff about how 
you have to be different than anything else on a card. There has to be multiple acts on a card. And so he, and we talked about how his presentations have always been different. And so he'll do his promos in a different venue. He'll say things differently. And that way he stands out. And to me, Conan and LAX, these guys are top talents as, as they are, but they've always had that different presentation on the show. It makes it more exciting. Their entrances or they have that, like what they have, uh, that sort of DX thing that they throw in. Look, goes um, to my whole thing though, bro, of, of what we're talking about with Zack Sabre Jr. Like if you met one of these guys in a dark alley and they weren't happy with you, you would be legit scared. And in fact, out of all of these guys, all of them, Hernandez is probably in real life the least intimidating of all of them. And I'm pretty sure he could still murder your shit. You know what I mean? Well, they, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy. He's a big dude, but at the same time, he's also a teddy bear. I, can yeah. I can't wait to see him in November. We should try and get him on the show. Um, you got to clear that with Urban. I promised I would never poach Hernandez uh, from Urban. Okay, well, maybe we can do it. We we can interview Urban interviewing Hernandez. Yeah, maybe maybe Ur- maybe Urban can come on here and interview him. Um, yeah, which would be fun just to have baby nuts on the show and make fun of him yeah. to his face. Oh, I also wonder if he actually tattooed up. It. Sorry, me. I wonder if he. Uh, I'll shut up after this. If he tattooed up a Superman, or if he's just having he. If he just knows and tells all TV shows that he's on to mark it up the same way. That's hilarious. What were you saying, Meef? Here in November, so I'm hoping to grab a beer with him. What's the What's the show? What's he doing in November? Um, oh god, I can't remember the name. It's a random company, um, but they've got like they're advertising La Parker. Which and one? I asked them if it was. Yeah, that's the thing. So I asked them, and they were like, "Oh, you know, the legendary." Like, I was like, "Going, yeah, but there's fucking two of them." So like. And they're both actually a. relatively legendary at this point, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. So for completely so I'm different reasons. I'm I'm told it's um Tapia. So I'm hoping it's the actual La Park. LA Park. Yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, think it probably yeah. is. I don't know that I've heard of the the new LA or the new La Parca traveling yeah, international like that. that. He's usually part of a package deal. Yeah. Like, so you, you have to buy the AAA guy sometimes in, in packages. So you like, there's an option. So you buy like option four will be like, like four of their guys, five of their guys for eight grand or whatever it is. We don't need to blow up prices. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care. Anyway, um, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting yeah. too to get Hernandez out there. All right, Byron. LAX Next was match. great. Yes. That's one of the best spots, probably the best, the best whole uh, act on the show. You think, think so? Yeah, top to bottom. What's next? Next is Penta Pentagon Junior and Sammy Hair versus Mask, which I, we know. I Sammy's think that was the best match on the show. You've seen it though. I you, you saw it in Chicago. I know. Yeah, what was yeah, it? A yeah. A W. Yeah. No. You know, it's great. They do the things, uh, you know, it's awesome. I can't, but I wasn't as invested in it. Like, I, you know, the result. You weren't as invested in it, but I wasn't. 
I think a lot of Impact fans and like putting it on a slightly bigger stage. It'd be like if this match went to WWE, you know, do you shit on it because you've already seen it before or do you praise it because it's the next bigger company doing what you love the right way? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's like AJ and, and Samoa Joe wrestling in WWE. You know, like, oh, we've seen him. I get it. And it's right, still but awesome. If they, and this but if they was did still the awesome. better version of it, but see, the problem with WWE is they would do it and then not do the better version of it. Right. This was this was Impact doing it, and I feel like it was slightly better than the original version. I think that Penta and Sammy know each other better, and the, the yeah. spikes sequence, the sequence with the spikes, come on. Yeah, that was rad. Come on. That was good. That, that was, was good. real good. And that was I, that's new. I think there was just a lot of good stuff on the card overall, you know, but I think one thing I will say about Pentagon Jr. is that especially with the live crowd and and his promos, uh, they, they're not doing, I love the Lucha Underground promos, but if you're not going to do a Lucha Underground promo for Pentagon, how Impact is doing it is the way you fucking do it. And he is a big time star there. They treat him like that. He gets received like that. The way they modulate his voice. Yeah, um, modulate his voice. Let him do it backstage. Let him take his time. Let him th- make make him throw in a little bit of English, which Lucha you, Underground even did this past season. You just uh, close up on his scary fucking face. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. What were, you, what were you trying to say before, Meef? Um, it, not to be rude to anybody, you know, Impact fans or anything like that, but even though, you, obviously, we know it happened in AEW, a lot of them didn't. You know, I mean, they wouldn't yeah. have seen that match. They That's they know true. they've wrestled somewhere before. I mean, everybody's always wrestled somewhere before with each other, really, nowadays. So, whilst it had been done before, they, those most of the fans who were there were like so anticipating it and being ramped up for it because it was something new for them. And you it's what, what these guys have been working so, on for a long time. You know, Lucha Underground never really got to to do the Sammy Penta thing. And I think they're a good match for each other. And it's mm-hmm. a good place to put Penta right now, too, to take that steam from having held the belt off. Like, he yeah. had to go and do something great. Like, if he went into a new feud with, like, Eli Drake or, you know, Grado or somebody, it was like, would that fucking make any sense? Like, it had to be something big to pull Sammy out of the Eddie Edwards thing and Penta out of the Austin Aries feud. And it's a good showcase. Them, yeah, it was a great showcase. It. it gave them an easy month of work where they knew what they were leading to. And they also didn't take the easy route, which I, I feel like they added new dynamics and new psychology and new elements to the actual performance in the ring. Let me ask you this. Yeah. You know that yeah. classic spot? Uh, is it? I'm going to blow the names because I should have been asleep two hours ago, but it's like Takeyama, I think. And... Um, uh, I forget the same, but it's a classic spot where they grab the back of the head. It's a hockey fight. You just pound each other, right? Oh yeah. And these two guys, and Sammy and KO have done this, and and uh, Pentagon and Sammy did this spot with spikes. With spikes. It was great. <laughs> that was awesome. If Casey, if Casey was here right now, he'd be reminding everyone that we knew Pentagon was going to bleed when he came to the ring in a white mask. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> He bled through it, I think. But, I mean, the, the, the blade jobs were perfect. Impact played it perfectly. Um, it was the right amount of blood, too, where they didn't fucking bleed out all, all over the whole ring. But they did the spike bits, and the spike bits were amazing. And then 
My favorite part, my favorite part of the whole night was when Penta takes the bat or the cane or whatever, and he's going to bang the spike because they're real spikes, by the way. That's part of this gimmick, too, is they're real spikes. They just never, they're always up in the hand. You know, they're doing this job where none of the spikes coming out. Oh, oh, oh the mask. Instead of in this. In Penta's case, you can put it in this. Right. So, but there are real spikes. You could hear the metal clanging. That's part of the gag. But Penta goes to hit the one into to Sammy's head, straight up misses and hits him in the head. I'm just thinking to myself, that is fucking karma right there. That's the that's the payoff. That's the moment that Sammy has deserved for the last four months. And then Penta redoes it and actually hits it, and you hear the ting or whatever from the he, metal. He just made 20 bucks from Eddie doing that. Oh, somebody. I, I guarantee all the boys were in the back like, ah, <laughs> laughing. Fucking Eddie's probably back there high-fiving everybody. You know, slip Penta some money. But anyway, that was that was a very fun, funny spot. And the finish was great. You know, that they actually, for a moment, even though I already knew the result, Oh, when Penta didn't get the cover after that one finish, I was actually like, oh my God, Penta's going to lose this thing. <laughs> like they actually for a moment had that going for them too. And then of course it was like, oh wait, no, that can't happen. Triple Mania and this, that, you know, that. he's yeah. not going to lose his mask here. Um, he's losing it, Triple Mania, so it's okay. Yeah, he's not. Uh, okay. He's never going to lose it. There's no amount of money for him to be worth to not sell no. the mask. I don't know. He could do it, but he'd have to rebuild a whole lot. It'd be pretty stupid for him to give up the gimmick right now. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I I thought that was the best match on the card. I thought LAX was definitely second place. I thought the opener was third place, though when I watched the opener, I thought it was going to be the best match on the card. Um, yeah. I thought the first women's match was a little worse than the second one, believe it or not. Um, and that's just, that's just Ali being a little green and the fact that there wasn't very much heat on it. The heat was really just Tessa's existence. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, very existence is very uh <laughs> very heatful. <laughs> um and then there's Moose. Moose. Now Ooh. see this is funny because Meef, Meef, Meef. Ready? Moose. 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 I mean he's just Moose. He's a reverse fist. He likes to pull it out. <laughs> he likes to cock it and shove it in there. Moose likes to kind of like slowly go in there. He He's the reverse Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is doing the yeah. whole sleeve thing. Yeah. And then yeah. Moose is doing the take it out. Okay, I got you. I get yeah, it. The forearm. I think Moose has probably got a bigger forearm. So when he pulls it out, it gives a bit more pleasure. No, this whole thing is probably the most brilliant thing you've ever said on the show. I'm just going to go with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing about refs so back in the um in the sue young match the bridesmaids were literally like holding madison rain and the ref is staring at them not doing a thing and then there's a mist in you know then sue young mists and the ref doesn't even react like no it's okay it's not on the competitor there's nothing he just looks like dumb like he doesn't like like he was a fan who didn't who lost his way to his seat and now he's in the ring um in this match uh, there's a spot where Moose picks Austin Aries up on a double choke and lifts him up, which is a classic move. You're grabbing the guy by the neck. The ref just looks at him. No, you're supposed to give him a five count. Just looks, no five count, just looks at him. Fired. 
As soon as he goes up by the neck, you're supposed to go, one, come on, let him go, two, bring him down, yeah. bring him down, three. Come, like, well, some people some people say you need to um, give them a pause before you start so the audience can see what's happening, and then you start to count. So then the audience registers and then gets offended. No, so the, wanna, and to give them the pause, what you do is you go over to the ring, the bell guy, the official at the, the side, and you go, no, don't ring the bell, don't ring the bell. Then you go over and you count. Yeah, you do stuff. Maybe. It's ring psych- Meef, it's ring psychology. Get with it. But so why are the TNA reps not... Go ahead, Meef. Sorry. I stole the last croissant in catering, and that ref was like, fuck this guy. Let him... Let him, let him, let him, let him. <laughs> I love Meef. Right. Meef's ideas oh, yeah, about sure. things. Meef has a whole new level of ring psychology. Um, yeah, I don't... I, I, so why Meef. is this happening with the refs in, in Impact? Is this a training thing? Or is this green? Is this somebody in the back not knowing what the ref's job is, so they're not telling them? I mean, the, who's the, who's the senior official there? Who's who's yeah, running? I don't I don't know refs. who any of those guys are. I'm sure. Really? I mean, I th- yeah, let's find out. Let's have a talk with a senior ref and ask. I mean, it's a thing. Like in New Japan, they have their own struggles with refs in their officiating. They kind of they got to work on their thing too. Because everything is kind of like no holds barred match. I mean, but, I find uh, I find most of the WWE reps dreadfully boring these days, but they're not ill-equipped to do the job. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and obviously, I think the the Lucha Underground reps are great. I don't know the name of the uh, the the guy that bring they're bringing in now to replace Knox. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Knox was injured in real life yeah. during this last episode. So I don't think uh, it was one of the last ones. Actually, you'll see, see him, him still. He down. still comes and does some ringside refing, even with the cast uh-huh. on. So he'll be in a couple more episodes, but I don't think he's ever yeah. zebra'd, zebra'd up the rest of the season. Oh, you know what happened? Um, one of the matches on this past week yeah. was from a different taping. Yes, sir. Before he broke his collarbone. Correct. He broke it the same day, um, but the first match this week was not taped, uh, which is witnessed by the the fact that you and I are there for the first match this week. Yes. And uh, me and my friend Casey Kreeble are sitting next to each other in the Believer's Bleachers for the rest of the episode. Yes. So... Which and, is and Jim and he's now ex lady friend. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, because Jim was not at the second taping either, but he was at the first one, and which is amazing. The episode he's only there for one match. He gets more camera time in this episode than I think he's ever gotten before. Yeah, but Jim works out every day, so that, that you put him on camera. Next to him had a, a great MMM show shirt on, and we got lots of camera time for our MMM show shirt. We should make a pile of um, MMM show shirts that are never to be worn again. We'll give them one last smell of good memories. No, no. The funny thing about that shirt is... And then we'll burn them. Jim wears that shirt, too. That girl is like (laughs) half his size. That was Jim's MMM show shirt, his original one. And he still wears it. Because he can wear a small. I hate Jim. I hate him. I don't think I wore small when I was like 12. <laughs> How can Jim wear smalls when he's so buff? He works out every day. That's Have you seen though. those guns? He pours the shirt on. He's so only 3 foot 11. Just clings to the he, muscles. 
He's oh. three foot eleven in stilts. That's what it is. He's actually like just tiny. We have almost maybe the same frame. Maybe maybe Jim wears a corset. He likes Rocky Horror. Maybe that, so see that's like the other thing about it too. Is like just, I like a shirt that you know, fits a little bit, but I do not want something like pulling at my skin. Like I don't want to feel like I poured my shirt on. I want to be relaxed and comfortable in my shirt. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit form fitting. Everything has to be two sizes too big. Fuck yeah! I mean, you know, go through my closet. Even like, look at my Vampiro shirt and my Cure T shirts and shit that are in there. They're all like XLs, and I've never been an XL. Okay, I was an XL for a little while, but we won't talk about that. I wear XLs. I just because I power lift. You know, the muscles have to go somewhere. Um, All right. uh, the, back to what we were talking about, the moose thing. Yeah, I, I was really behind it when they started this whole thing, and by the end of it, I don't think I was really feeling it. I don't know, especially after the LAX match and the Penta Sammy matches were so good. Yeah, I don't know if I, I was just kind of ready for the pay per view to be over. To tell you the truth. And I, I didn't mean, yeah. feel like Moose was going to win. I didn't feel like I had as much invested in him as I did a few weeks back. I still think he's a cool character. I still think he's definitely going somewhere. But for some reason, for his big title match, it just didn't feel big enough to me. He, well, he's not at that level for sure. And I, I read, I think, somewhere he got a concussion, which injuries are unfortunate, but having a pause from TV without you know, getting a pot, getting his program interrupted might be a good thing for him. Uh, I, you know, concussions are horrible. I, I don't want him to have an injury, but um, I also don't think that he is at the level the to, to do a world championship match. Like he's over and it's great, but I'll, he, he should be kept at that level where um, people want more from him. And this is one where I thought I was getting into him and Austin Aries was getting me into him. And I was, I was happy to see Moose do some cool stuff like the corner drop kicks. But also there was a point where Austin Aries death Valley drivered him on the apron and Moose barely sold a four count before he was about to walk back in the ring. And he didn't even grab his neck once for the rest of the match. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's great. From... And those are the details. And you watch them. You watch the whole LAX thing, which is full of veterans, full of Conan master, masterfully crafting every little detail precisely. They know everything. They do it fucking great. The Tommy dreamer thing. They do it fucking great. Penta and Sammy, you know, they're, they're rookies compared to Conan and Tommy Dreamer, but they've been around the fucking game a lot and they do what they do really fucking great too. And then you have, and you have Moose trying to keep up with Austin Aries and you see the difference. It felt a little bit like uh, GFW impact from late last year. It didn't feel like. I don't watch any of that. Everything. Right. But that's that's what I'm, that's the point. You, there's a reason why you didn't watch that's- it. Like post Hardy's pre this new era, whatever you want to call it, the, the past anthem era now. Um fuck that owl. Well, I mean, yeah, it was during the fuck that owl stage. Yeah. And this felt like 
fuck that owl impact to me. And it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not shitting on it in the fact that the same was bad. It just it didn't feel like the headliner match that I wanted it to feel like. And it didn't feel like it had the right level of importance for Moose. Um, yeah. And now what for Aries? I mean, how uh, long is, how long Eddie is it Edwards? I know, but are they going to put it on Eddie? But, it's, but I mean, I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited that they kept, you know, those details they used to keep Eddie heel for that. But, uh, but yeah, it's a thing where you want Austin Aries as a top talent. And it's like, it's like the old, like, um, the old uh, thing between like two tap dancers. So one guy tap dances and then goes, all right, show me what you got. And you do your thing. Show me what you got. And they try to one up each other. And, and you're not getting that in any Austin Aries matchups where he's going to bring his shit into the match. And the other guys can be like, that's cool. But here's some other awesome shit. And like, Oh, you got I got a little bit of that with the, you know? with the buildup with uh, Penta. Yeah, like between the three-way yeah. match and then their their individual matches, I think it actually played out pretty good, and you got that. And here's the thing: if Austin's your guy and you're going to leave the belt on him for a while, Eddie probably is the right guy because he could use the rub without getting the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, but then eventually, you got to find something for Austin where we believe what's going to happen next. Like, and if he drops to Eddie, I'm going to say right now that's yeah. a bad call. Horrible. Yeah. Austin is you know, a great because the only thing you can do is if he drops to Eddie, Eddie's got to drop to someone else or right back to it. Eddie can't hold the belt for any period of time. That won't do the company any good. No, he's still, he's still working on who he is and still earning his, his, uh, on getting over, you know, maybe it's Johnny impact that works his way up there. Uh, I don't think they should put it back on Penta as much no. as I don't think they should have taken it off him as quickly as they, they should have. He's out of that picture now and can do big business outside of having the title. So don't put it back on him. Um, you, you know, cage is the whole building the X division thing. So he's not really an option right now. Uh, I think you got to figure out Eli Drake to- would be a good option, but they've been the down note. that road. Yeah. It's the same note. Right. So, they really got to figure that out. Like, I think, I think Mundo or Impact, whatever, is probably the best option right now. I think you it's know, him for, or Phoenix. It's not going to be Phoenix, though. That note's going to look too much. It should be, but it's going to look too much like the Pentagon note. It can't be Phoenix yeah. right yeah. now. They got to. They need to give him a story. If you ask me, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah, in in the in the ring, Phoenix is probably the best one of the best going right now i think he could be the champ but yeah he doesn't cut the promos he doesn't have the story and i think you got to find that in impact he you got to find that somehow promos. what's that he, just, he, he cuts really good promos when he does his aaw stuff but they just need to get him an actual storyline like yeah. some form of meaning you need, you need to invest like you said before Getting back to Zack Sabre Jr., something to believe in. Yeah. yeah, but I think with Phoenix and Penta, what they should do now is maybe even put the tag straps on them. Maybe have them go toe to toe with uh, young LAX. Uh, let them oh, be the Lucha awesome. Brothers. They did acknowledge that a little bit towards the end of the the feud. Like they could start off with the Chris Brothers and then work their way into the tag division and then feud with LAX. I mean, because the tag division ain't got shit right now either. Yeah. Well, then, to your point, Mundo, Johnny Impact, 
he's he's a guy who Austin Aries would have to work up to to keep up within a match, I would think. Yeah, I and think they'd be fire too. I mean, they're both, you know, former WWE cruiserweights, basically. Yeah. But also then, Survivor's so gonna come out. In the WWE world, those guys are considered fucking mid-card cruiserweight guys, and then outside of there, they're fucking top guys. But whatever. I, I um, think I, I mean, mean Cross could work into the title picture too, but I I wouldn't I, wanna, I wouldn't put him there. No, too early, too soon. That's he like needs a, that's like an end game. And look, not, uh, not that he needs it, but there I think they're doing a brilliant job of protecting that character. Yeah, so far too. I mean, they do a promo. He's only had the two matches, but they're building up his highlight reel with it. Um, the Saito slam, fucking phenomenal in that in his yeah. debut match. Um, they're, they're not- I mean, that'll be his highlight package at Impact for the next four years. Yeah, but, but you know, with the guy that crossed, because they're building him up, uh, that you know, they're introducing him from scratch. But, you know, you got to be careful because, in my opinion, on a new character, you don't want to give them the belt until people have wanted that person to have the belt for a while. Right. But, I mean, with his heel character, too, it would depend on who he was across from because there right. there could be lots of reasons to make him the guy that someone else has to chase to get the belt. That's true. That's really a good spot for him and a good look for him is for him to be the obstacle more than the champion of the people in any kind of way. As much as he's be- done that gimmick other places, I don't think in Impact he should be uh, – I, I think it should be straight heel – yeah. The whole time. Oh, yeah. Not. I not think it'd be interesting. If Johnny Impact went full babyface, which I mean, I think that's very easy for him to do with his style, and he carried the belt through Survivor, which I think would be the smart thing to do, uh, marketing your brand, and then when that's over or in the middle of that, you give him a blood feud with Cross, which you can reference some AAA, and if he's baby, then Cross could be a pure heel and they've worked together. They know each other. And that would be a good program. I think where it would, they both would be comfortable in delivering and then yeah. maybe Mundo can chase back. Yeah. It if could I were to fantasy book, it could work. No, it could work. Well, I, I mean, look, Mundo's go ahead. Me. That'll be the thing. Cause Moose, Moose is the guy they're putting forward as their top little, because he's like, like I said, Titus O'Neil. He's the good guy, so like I think that's who they want as their big face. So that'd be the. And to be honest with you, in terms of body size, at least Cross versus him could be better. Yeah, I could see Cross and Moose kind of doing a program together. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Moose can't keep doing the but program with Aries, though. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Moose needs the program with Aries, and in, in in that he needs Aries to go out there and tell people why they should invest themselves. Yeah, but somebody else has to do it now. I mean, now Aries has yeah. done it. Aries did his yeah. bit on it, and I think Cross could do a decent job with it. Drake obviously could do a decent job with it, and that's about it. I mean, those are your guys that are going to play the heel role and, and be able to put somebody over like that in that company. I don't think – yeah, but I mean, Drake, sure – um, at some point, Drake is going to need a run on top, I think, or else you're just not going to, you're going to get used to not seeing him in that position. I don't think Cross should be doing programs to put other people over for a while and impact. No. 
Maybe, maybe like, not. Like if I mean, he's with moves, I'm just he saying he have. could actually do it. He's got the promo skills where he would he knows how to give the other guy the rub by saying mean things about him and how much he's going to bury him, but still making it sound like it's a difficult task to do it. You know? Yeah. But if I were to see Moose and Cross in a ring with Cross's trajectory, uh, I think they're on different trajectories. And I think if you're going by what Cross needs, if he's going to meet Moose, then he should squash him and make him look like shit. Maybe. Which is tough. I'd, uh, I'd have him squash him soonish. But so I would. I would have put those. I would have put those two together for a while. And they give me money you down need the to road. Do it now so that they can build back around to it and come back around to something later and have a little bit of history. Yeah. Or yeah, you stay away from it altogether. Well, well Moose we'll has a concussion. So. Hey, at least they have. Yeah, they they've got options, and it'll be interesting to see. And look, this is absolutely the most we have ever talked about impact on this show ever. I know so, it's great. Yeah. My so, my wrestling habits. Yeah, kudos to Impact. My wrestling habits are more. Uh, New Japan and Lucha and Impact. I barely even keep up with NXT now. Yeah, I and mean, I've, Impact is it, getting the exposure and time on this show that normally WWE would have gotten. We're not mm-hmm. even talking about uh, 2K19. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Fire yeah. Pro's coming out yeah. on PlayStation soon. You should get that. Yeah, this show two years ago, that would have been a different story. <laughs> But this is how WWE has burned people from video games to, I mean, that Extreme Rules pay per view. I, I, I'm not even going to talk oh. about. Oh. Just a name. Oh, I mean, it wasn't even a name. It was like not even for a standard run of the mill WWE. Was it any good? It was I just mean, such a bad show. The show itself ruined the good matches. Like the, I heard an Iron Man match. It was a good match. But they kill the crowd so much, the crowd was fucking around and doing countdowns for every minute just because they were already pissed off at That's the whole so show. Hey, did we do uh, Rest in Peace Big Cast during our Rest in Peace segment? <laughs> Who's that? He's His whole fucking career is fucking done now. How did, how did that happen? You know how it happened? He's 100% responsible. He sucked as a wrestler. Like he had bad technique. He was always going to be blowing out his knees. He was always uh, way more out of shape than than he had any right to be with the resources he has for dietitians. He was the one that people liked in the back, and Enzo was the one that everyone was shitting on. They didn't like him either. Wow. Wow, both of yeah, those guys—they're two shit human beings put together. Oh my! God. He got fired, for- and they're such shit human beings that they don't even get along enough to go out on the fucking indies and make money together. Because if they fucking yeah. got together and went out on the indies, they would fucking crush yeah. it. They would make some yeah. money. Indies are very forgiving, but well, they'd also have to not be shitty people. Races. Like Enzo would have to have been someone who was accused of um, sexual assault. And then let off due to lack of evidence because of what usually happens is you don't have cameras monitoring every single second of every single thing you do. And then he goes in instead of like trying to be a good guy about the whole thing, he goes and develops underwear that say consent on them. He sells underwear with the word consent because he's a rapist. It's funny. Allegedly. I mean, it's not good, but it's funny. It's funny that he has the gall and nerve as a human being to stoop that low. 
It's he's just he'll, he'll end up he'll end up getting killed by somebody. He'll fuck, like, he'll maybe he's, he's just he thinks he's a little gangster. He's gonna start giving it all this mouth, and then someone's just gonna go. You know what? Bang! Fucking blows brains out. And then he's just he's just dumb. A bag and of shit. At the oh uh, what Simon Gotch Simon Grimm was like putting it you have to go look up his thing about what he said about Enzo but he was like best case scenario versus worst case scenario and they're both really shitty (laughs) I like Simon Gotch uh he he was cool I met him when he wrestled cross at the yeah Maverick at Mavpro and uh I never really thought much about him one way or the other but he's actually a really good wrestler and a pretty funny guy yeah by killing Enzo in the ring, make it look like an accident. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, he was throwing him out of a ring, and you don't throw someone out of the ring. That you control your own bump out of the ring. Right. So who hurt who? <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, no, no, no. To be fair, the, the the way he threw him was pretty bad. <laughs> 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 the answer is both it, of them. I I would have done it. You know, when you look back at things, I'm going, yeah, actually, I would have thrown him a bit harder. <laughs> I can't wait to see where this whole facial hair thing goes with for me. Oh, away. That's where it'll go. Oh, you're going to shave this off? Here. I, I want to see so the I'm whole like, little John Waters. It yeah, it doesn't grow in the middle. And I get this bit, I get a soul patch. Yeah. So I end up most of the time looking like a Mexican drug lord. Oh my That's God, you should do this. You should absolutely do this. Yeah. Um, Let's do a vote on MMM Twitter. And uh, basically, the vote will go until like Tuesday or whatever it does, and then we'll find out if Meef gets to shave before the next show. <laughs> yeah, Meef's got to go to work before then too. I don't know <laughs> if it's going to last that long. Hey, for Mr. For Krabs, um, you're asking about my Ke- Cleveland Cavs and thing to bang. Um, I got Justin my ring. To move in. I, I got my ring, so I don't care. LeBron can go wherever he wants now. And uh, I live in Los Angeles now, so uh, he's not leaving me. He's actually coming to me. I may, in fact, have more of an opportunity <laughs> to see him now in that he is playing in my time zone. Um, so I will not be burning any jerseys. I have absolutely no problem with LeBron leaving the Cleveland Cavaliers and thank him for the fact that he brought my city one of its uh, championships Thanks to Stipe, who's no longer a champion, who also brought Cleveland. That was a tough week for Cleveland, man. That was just a hard <laughs> week. LeBron left. Stipe lost his belt, like all in the same week. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone in the entire city is unemployed now. <laughs> I think that's just how it goes. But part of why I moved. Love my home city. Uh, much love to everybody back there. But uh, yeah. stop counting on one guy for your fucking livelihood and your jobs. Yeah. So anyway, got my ring. Thanks, LeBron. Come on out to LA. Get me another one, brother. Anyway, I'm I'm done. I got nothing else to say. And anything I can say, I will say next time. Hopefully, uh, to Casey, uh, happy birthday, brother. Uh, I'm glad you are enjoying yourself with the otters. Is is that real? Did I just he, see? He loves otters. He loves otters. He's, He's petting feeding otters. otters instead of coming to yeah. work. He's molesting yeah. us. Get that on a t-shirt. No, it was fine when he wanted when he wanted to show off for his birthday. I was like, "That's fine, I get that." But he didn't tell me it was to pet otters. I don't know. You if know, I, I don't know if I'm down with that. 
Jim came on the show and he was in the middle of losing a beer pong game. But, but Jim was practicing for the actual beer pong tournament. Yeah. I like this shirt. You know what this shirt says to me, Byron? What? It says, I could take Zack Sabre Jr. in a fist fight. Well, we're going to find some matches for you to watch. He had some really good matches. And that's that's another thing that he's, to me, that he's specifically improved upon. It, his, like, he's done character work, and I just love when he calls people dickheads and flips them off. But also, in making his stuff more more believable and doing his submission holds where he like he doesn't sit in them too long like it's like just there's he's make he's making his style a little bit more believable and i think that him pairing up with minoru suzuki uh one adds on legitimacy but two i think he's learning some stuff from him well that's true i'll give you that so but we'll see I, 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 here's the thing byron you can prove it to me one of two ways i can watch these matches and i can 